Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? How's it going? Good. Are you are you in the well, not really good. No. A lot of lot of no. interesting, sad news and stuff in the world today. Sure. Uh, well, yesterday, I should say, at the time of the recording. Um, but you know, we'll get to that. We'll talk about that. And uh, you know, I think we're really gonna need some media therapy. We got a bit of a roller coaster of a show. Ahead, ahead for you guys. So don't so worry. Let's about get, it. Don't so worry. Then, then there's let's not. Yeah. There's not going to be a barrage of sadness. There will be some sad stuff. I will get angry possibly at some point, but I could tell you what the media therapy is going to be. Some of the most positive nonsense that most people listening will not care about at all. But we will be in a very great mood when we are having our back and forth, and I'm excited. Hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, on the food front. Let's talk about it. I made French toast roll-ups this morning for my family. I was over. I was over in uh, back in the Burbs for the for the Roche. You know, Happy Jew Year, and that that just went down. So, and then that that leads into probably my least favorite of the holidays, which is Yom Kippur, where they make you fast for a day and then you have to eat bagels for dinner. It's some bullshit. Um, but that's that's next week, so we don't have to talk about that now. I also tried um, McDonald's spicy chicken nuggets. So they oh, just spicy, spicy chicken launched nuggets. spicy chicken. Yep. Yep. Those just came out this week. Curiosity got the better of me. I gave it a shot. I, how do you feel about McDonald's chicken nuggets in general? I haven't had McDonald's chicken nuggets in a very long time. Like, I don't think since I've moved to New Zealand, I've had McDonald's. I mean, even even before that. Well, I don't the think I've, they have not changed. since. Yeah, they I'm, assuming, made, I'm assuming they're the since same. Since they but, switched to white meat chicken nuggets, they have not changed. But I'm trying to remember because I just remember people making like jokes about it's pink slime, right? Like the pink slime then turns into the white chicken nugget. Yeah, well, um, I th- I, and, yeah, I, but, and I've probably talked about that before. I think I uh, God bless pink slime. I think that's magic. And it's very cool. Um, I didn't dislike them. I like the 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 coating, the breading. Yeah, the oh, it's, it's got a bit of like a little tempura yeah. in there, like a little yeah, tiny yeah. bit of little air. Like, yeah, it's it's okay. The, the, I think the meat's not chicken, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coating's what's good. Your favorite, what's your favorite? What's your favorite sauce? What's your favorite sauce on the McDonald's chicken nugget? At McDonald's, uh, I'm a buffalo chicken guy. I like I like the buffalo sauce. Sweet and sour. Sweet and sour is great. Yeah. I actually like the Burger King sweet and sour sauce. Which is pretty good, hmm. but yeah, McDonald's I mean, sweet and sour sauce is okay. But they, but I, I do like, um, I, I like a buffalo sauce. Can we, can we, can we say that the best sauce of all the chicken sauces is Chick Fil A, the Polynesian sauce? We can say that, right? We can agree to that. I haven't, I haven't had it, but I'll do some research and I'll get back to you. It's good. But wait, um, yeah, I'll have to check it out. I have no reason not to try it. I will try it. I cannot give an informed opinion at this time, but we will, we will table that and we'll revisit that. Cool. Um, I, like I said, I'll do some research on the matter and, uh, I won't pick that up. Cool. Can't do it tomorrow cause it's Sunday and those, uh, those people are closed. <laughs> so, uh, but I am excited because tomorrow, tomorrow. So Greg sent me a picture of something. Um, oh, right. So going back to this, before I get to that though, the spicy chicken nugget thing. Um, and then I'll, and then I'll finish off the hat trick of, uh, of food topics I wanted to bring up. Um, the spicy chicken nuggets were fine. You know, they still have the same texture, which is great of a of a chicken McNugget. I don't. It it's not as good as Wendy's. Wendy's still has the best chicken nuggets. Their spicy chicken nuggets are the best for like, like pure you, nuggets. Sure. Yes. I, I'm yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking tenders. I'm not talking about identifiable yeah. pieces of chicken breast. Yep. I'm talking about <laughs> chicken mush. 
I'm talking <laughs> breaded and fried all the, chicken all mush. the chicken mush. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's, just it's really just the big that. three, right? It's Burger King, McDonald's, and Wendy's. Then Wendy's is the best. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, there's others like if you go to Carl's Juniors or those other things, but they, you know, if we're talking internationally known here, yeah. Wendy's Wendy's is the best. Yeah. Cause when you're talking about like real chicken tenders, yeah, things not get complicated. Fair. It's not fair. Chick fil A is probably better. Uh, it's definitely better than all of those. And, uh, and there's a place in New York that probably has the best chicken nuggets. Actually, no, I lied. The best place for chicken nuggets that I've ever had is in Connecticut. There's a few of them. It's called Chicken Joe's, and they have the best chicken nuggets. I feel like we talked about this because it's Zaxby's for me. Zaxby's. Nothing will ever beat Zaxby's. It's a strictly Southern thing. So mm-hmm. if you're from the South and you know what Zaxby's is, then you know what's up. All right. I, I don't know what that is. I've never had it. Where can I? Delicious can I, is what it is. Like, it's where, delicious. Well, they they, do, they give you Zach, a giant. How do you spell it? Can you spell it for me? Z-A-X-B-Y apostrophe S. Oh, there we go. Got, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Found it. All right. Let's it's good. See. It's, it's got a big chicken for the logo. Sure does. Um, they give you like a giant piece of bread. <laughs> for size, okay. they give you like this giant, like almost like half a loaf size piece of, uh, like toasted buttered bread, and then mm. they get wings there. They got some chicken. That Zaxby's is delicious. If you want to get fat, <laughs> go eat at Zaxby's. Okay, here's the problem. You didn't tell me about this before I took my drive to North Carolina. I forgot about it to be honest with because you. Because I, I would have went. I I've definitely passed one of these. I haven't Definitely been to a Zaxby's one. since I was in Savannah, Georgia, which now, geez, now was 15 years ago. So, Definitely yeah. passed one while riding on the Chesapeake. It's good. Zaxby's is delicious. There's, you want to get there's fat. There's no way I could have <laughs> avoided this place. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Well, it's good. It's good. Looks like I'm going to have to drive south again. So they are. It's the only place where, where I well, I will accept crinkle cut fries like this because <laughs> I normally hate really? fries that are cut in this accordion way. I hate them. It sucks. That's There's a too pe- much that's potato a pe- to breading. It's awful. They're awful. That's They're pe- normally very bad. Yeah. But Zach's you don't bread no. fries. You don't bread fries. Well, that whatever. doesn't exist. You know what I mean. You you like a, there's a starch on them. You can put a cornstarch on them. That could happen. Yeah, but look, like the, the, the crinkle cut fry is crap. <laughs> it's awful fry. It's a terrible fry. Jesus. It's bad. Shake Shack yeah. does a good uh, crinkle cut fry. And it's, it's awful. And again, you know my feelings on Shake Shack. The most overrated of all of the burger, of all of the gourmet burger places is Shake Shack. Gourmet? That, That's gourmet? Well, 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 like supposed to be like the higher level, right? Like if you put Shake Shack... And in and out, a lot of people hate In and Out, right? In, in and out, better than In and Out. In and Out, In and Out's burger is not even close. Shake Shack has a better burger. Again, sure, but for the amount for the amount that New York, and again, this is a New York problem. For the amount that New Yorkers rave about Shake Shack, it's just okay. It's okay. All right. I yeah. All right. It's, it's the same it's way that Californians rave about In and Out. In and Out's just okay. Look, but Shake Shack like is fast. Food. Shake Shack is fa- fast food. Shake yes. Shack is fast food. Okay. It's better than other, all other fast food pantheon burgers. Like, it, how like about once this? you, s- how, about, how about this? It's not better than Five Guys Fight Me. I, it, they're comparable. I'm not going to say one's better no, than the other. Comparable. I like them both. Five Guys is better than Shake Shack. Fight Shake Shack me. uses uses potato rolls, so the burger itself might not be as good, but the the potato rolls good. Although Shake Shack, Five Guys also gives you free peanuts. Five Guys is better than Jake Shack. And any of you New Yorkers listening to this, you know where to find me. <laughs> New Zealand. You know where I'm at. Yeah, yeah you know where no, I'm at. Well, you, you Somewhere just moved. So. And, and you can't get here anyways. <laughs> so. Just look Just look for the big black dude. You'll find him in New Zealand. Yeah, Not a lot of people. Are, yeah, the yeah. borders are closed. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So never mind. So you got to wait. Maybe in like 2022, you go over there. You can find him, and you can <laughs> then you can bring the fight to him. Um. All right. So Zaxby's the first, the closest one. It looks like is in Washington D.C. So, right, which is, might as well be the South. <laughs> Once you get to that part of the Mason-Dixon line, you're pretty close South. So yeah, uh, I guess. All right, so that that's the deal. So uh, McDonald's chicken, spicy chicken nuggets, they're fine. They're not spicy. I even tried the Mighty sauce. The Mighty sauce was supposed to be even spicier than their regular sauce. Not that spicy. I was like really laying it heavy, and I got nothing. Uh, that was that was that was kind of surprising. So that was upsetting. And lastly, tomorrow, tomorrow, I got a message from Greg. Uh, who works at this? Uh, who's now the beverage director at a new at a new restaurant in the city? It's a Japanese Italian fusion spot. Okay. Oh yeah, I, I've actually seen that come up a couple of times. Japanese Italian fusion sounds interesting and delicious at the same time. So I ate there once before for dinner, and it was it was delightful. It was really good. And then he sent me this thing. It was a tease from their chef, and it was a matcha mochi French toast. And what I told him was, I need the first reservation you have available that I can have. <laughs> and sure enough, that is tomorrow. So in twenty in twelve hours from the moment we are recording this right now, <laughs> eleven thirty a.m. My reservation tomorrow that will be inside of me, and I'm excited. Wow. Yeah. Yep. 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 So I'm I'm pretty hyped about that. Anyway. What about you? Any, anything you wanted to talk about before we get into the uh, into the real stories, hit the hard hitting facts of the world at large? No, I've got nothing. So let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Here we go. We got the news. All right. You're still not reading the news because I don't know, head in the sand. So here we go. I got three stories all in advance sourced from. Oh, no, actually, one of them is not. So you sent me one of these. Um, sort of so, uh, we talked about it like two seconds before recording. True. Um, oh, you also sent me another one. Let me see if I can find that one to see if you wanted to talk about it. Where is this? Where is it? Where is it? Man, we talked a lot about Hades. I am excited to talk about Hades. Um, all right. Do, 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 do. You sent something to me about a thing. And I was like, this is stupid. People are stupid. <laughs> it was something like that. People are just. It wasn't people oh, eating hey. seeds. It was last week. Oh yeah, here we go. Yep, I got it. Yeah, this this post. Uh, this yeah yeah this dentist post. Yeah, the dentist. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, we should or talk no? about that. Why not? Why not? Let's do four stories since we're since we're starting early and there's not yeah. as much breakfast talk today. <laughs> Let's okay. get it. Yeah. Okay. So they'll be pretty rapid fire too. Some of these. Okay. So here we go. So we got we got the dentist. We got Kanye. We got we got extravagance, and we got J.K. Rowling. So. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Well, let's do J.K. Rowling first. Let's do the dentist second, extravagance third, Kanye last. Okay, cool. It's a good order. I think it's a good order. All right. So J.K. Rowling, back in the news. Okay. Um, people, people are upset because she put out a new book. So reading from CNN Entertainment, fake news. From a few days ago, J.K. Rowling's new book sparks fresh transgender rights road. Now, a little bit of history, if you have not listened to all the podcasts to this point. A few months ago, we we basically had a string of episodes. We were talking a lot about cancel culture. And I and I would often like jump on the idea of canceling somebody, being like, well, let's come on, let's let's hear their mouth. Let's not just necessarily like 
just cancel people. What does it actually mean? I still don't like cancel culture, but JK Rowling. Um, yeah, well, some people might You're have struggling. a point. You're struggling. Well, this is this just comes down. This is a um, a matter of context, uh, situational awareness. So let's read on. J.K. Rowling has once again come under fire from transgender rights activists. This time for her new crime novel. I'm going to stop right there because the next part gives it away. Um, what happened with J.K. Rowling before was there was an article written and somebody wrote something like, "Hey, um, maybe." Um, it's, it's, it, was, it was an article about people who menstruate. That was in the headline. J.K. Rowling then tweeted something snarky about it. Hmm, if only there was a word for people who menstruate. Woman, women, women. Like kind of beating around the bush. Like, why don't you just use the word women? And then people were like, oh, you're a turf, which is a trans exclusionary something feminist. Radical feminist. There you go. Look, believe it or not, I didn't even look that up. That was just boom, right from the old memory bank. Um these, these are the things that I know for some reason. So they called her that. And I was like, really? I don't know. It seemed like she just, it was just a matter of words, literacy. Just wanted to use the word women. I guess you'd kind of get the idea. Um, and then she kind of doubled down, wrote this big article being like, I have a trans friend. You're like, all right, cool. Got it. So then she wrote this book, which quote, the read again for the article, which features a cross-dressing serial killer. <laughs> Published Tuesday, Troubled Blood by Robert Galbraith, Rowling's crime writer pseudonym, is the fifth installment in the Cormoran Strike series. Okay, Jesus Christ, CNN. This is why you're fake news when you start a sentence with an review, no, a review of the novel in Britain's Daily Telegraph on Sunday described the meat of the book as an investigation into the cold case of a missing doctor who is believed to have fallen victim to a murderous crossdresser. Quote, one wonders what critics of Rowling's stance on trans issues will make of a book whose moral seems to be never trust a man in a dress, end quote, reviewer Jake Carriage wrote. Mermaids, Mermaids, a UK-based charity which supports transgender children and their families, said it was concerned by reports that the book featured a character present presenting as another gender in order to carry out attacks. Quote, this is a long-standing and somewhat tired trope responsible for the demonization of a small group of people simply hoping to live their lives with dignity, end quote, a spokesperson said in a statement to CNN. Spokesperson cites an example from Rowling's second book in the Strike series from 2014, The Silkworm, which featured a transgender character as a suspect. Quote, we're disappointed to hear that the author might be propagating the same long-standing and hurtful presentation of trans women as a threat. As a as a children's charity, we are bearing witness to the very real hurt felt by young people who once saw Miss Rowling's fiction as a place of comfort, friendship, and escape. The author recently expressed support for trans people's rights to live free from persecution. Her latest book might cause those enjoying her books to question that sentiment and quote the mermaid statement added. You get it. I'm not going to read anymore. This thing goes on for a lot more paragraphs. Um, come on, JK. Like one, it's lazy. A transgender murdering person is is one of the most has got to be the most cliche trope or one of the most cliche tropes in the, in, um, in these things because I remember I'm not a horror fan but Psycho was 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 up there. Then Ace you had Ventura. Ace Ventura, uh, Summertime Camp. Do you remember or did you ever see that movie? No, I didn't. 
Oh my God. Summer camp. It's like a B horror movie. Um, I remember watching that in a random scenario in Buffalo while wearing a Snuggie. Don't worry. Don't ask. It's fine. Things happen. So that was, um, so these, these are just like off the top of our head. We were just able to rattle off three of them and come on, you made, you made Harry Potter for the love of God. You, you have the creative spark and this is what you resort to in the midst of this, you know, you're going to get dragged through the mud for this. Why would you do that? Do you need the money? Do you need to release this book? Can't you do another rewrite? I mean, this was the book just released this week. We talked about that. What back in April, maybe wasn't that long ago. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's been a weird year, but (laughs) it was probably April, May at the latest when we were talking about that. Is everything being printed at that point? Or do you have some time to maybe do another revision? And she knew what was going on in this book. So she had the foresight to know that this was going to happen when she was doing that. Like, you know why what? start I'm, baiting at that point? I'm going to take an opposite approach. I'm impressed that she's doubling and tripling down on this. <laughs> I guess the pair on J.K. Rowling, <laughs> the the give no bleeps is is high with her. <laughs> she seems not to care about her image at all. Uh, I guess when you get enough money, you can kind of do what you want, right? So she's going to do what she wants. Um, so people can be mad about it. It's obviously not going to stop her from behaving exactly how she wants to behave. So I don't know whether or not, I mean, I wish we could all have enough money in our lives to not care about stuff like this at one point and just be who you are. This is clearly, clearly who she is. She doesn't like trans people. It's very clear. Like she's not, she's not a fan. And so she's going to keep writing and saying things that are to the detriment of the trans community. And JK Rowling doesn't care. Um, yep. so I don't, I mean, yeah, you can boycott her stuff, but it's very clear that she's got enough money that it doesn't matter if you boycott her stuff. It doesn't matter. So, and then, yeah. and then that goes into the, I, I agree. I think that the, where she stands is pretty clear. Any benefit of the doubt that I tried to give her, I think <laughs> I was about to say, Oh, maybe she, no, no, man, this is how she feels. <laughs> this is who she is. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, got it. You're trying to work. You're trying to feel your way through it. You don't want to offend anybody. But this just seems like a really poor lack of optics, uh, or oh, or you just no don't optics. care. She's, she doesn't care. Yeah, and she's just like no, Rowling is pretty this smart, is is. right? Like she's not a. I don't. I would like. I'm just gonna say very blankly. I don't think she's dumb. No. Right. Like I just don't think she's dumb. I think she actually is. She can put through coherent sentences and you know write novels and do like she she can do all this stuff. She can't write a screenplay. She can't. She can't write a good movie but she could write she could write some good books and but she can write really some good strong books, world building right yeah like those are probably the most other than the lord of the rings harry potter has to be the most popular series of all time right and i would even uh, or game series, of thrones yeah. maybe game of like more like a series of like fantasy harry series, potter is right? more popular than game of thrones is it, it like I, again i'm asking i'm not sure i, it has I to would be, right because it's more it has to be stuff, right yeah. it, it's just because it's more universally appealing yeah, you know, is it more you're, popular you're, than like Lord of the Rings series and all that stuff? Because that's three books, isn't it? Um, three movies. <laughs> over time, over time, no, I'd say. But in the in the modern in the modern world, yeah, probably it's it's probably got a bigger fan base than Lord of the Rings. It would yeah. probably, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. You know, it, contemporary, yes. Overall, no. It's kind of my, and we're talking series, so we're not talking about the Bible. Yeah, which, yeah, is, which is yeah, yeah. The Bible beats the everything. Biggest seller. That's yeah, yeah. Well, they they really they got some great salesmen. That helps. You know, you don't have um, you don't have missionaries going around preaching the word of Harry Potter. 
or the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and then Gandalf did some shit with the wand. And you're like, oh, fuck. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like that. when I type in most popular fantasy series, so George R.R. George R. Martin is first. So Song of Ice and Fire, which is basically Game of Thrones. The Wheel of Time um, by Brandon Sanderson. And again, fantasy books. Harry Potter is next. Wait, 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 wait. When you, when you said the name Brandon Sanderson, yep. did you think that was going to be like, oh, right, that. Dude, you you know a lot of you know a lot of obscure stuff. So I don't, you very well could be. Yeah, and my you read, Harry, book, you read Harry Potter, didn't you? I read the first half of the first book. That was it, and then I watched all the movies, which I liked, yeah, you, even the bad ones. Because you're not a reader, which is still right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I don't read books. But let me be clear. Right. <laughs> I, I, let me explain. Back up. Because oh, I boy. I played through Paradise Killer and that was all reading. That well, might as well have been enough. You'll read a game and you'll read a movie, but you ain't reading a book. <laughs> yeah, you know it's like it, yeah, it's overwhelming. Oh, it's boy. Anyways, I mean, Harry Potter is like third, and then the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, oh yeah, they got, they got there's the Lion There's yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch of series, but yeah, look, Harry Potter's up there, obviously. So she's not a dummy, but again, so like you have to think this is just she. This isn't her not being able to read a room. She can read a room just fine. Like don't like I think care. It might not even be a hate thing. It might just be she doesn't care about. She's like, no, I wanted to do this thing. This is a story. This is. And I would argue that she. And again, when you have enough money, right, you don't want to be told how to behave when you don't have to be. And she has enough money. Spite. It totally is where she's like, look, I would have agreed with you, but now I'm going to double and triple down because I don't want people on my Twitter telling me how to act. I do what I want. I'm J.K. Yeah. Rowling. You're trying to cancel me? Yeah, you can't cancel these, me. I'm get these royalty checks for the rest of my life and pull it in like a million dollars a month just if I do nothing. Yeah, you can't At cancel least. me. I'm like, I'm like General Hospital. <laughs> you can't get rid of me. <laughs> I'm going to be on forever. So yeah, yeah, J.K. Rowling is just, she's, she's not moving. So yeah. Well, they have... Um, now they unveiled the Harry Potter video game. Uh, it's the first game in it's like all about Hogwarts, like your character and all that stuff. And it's obviously like built bully. on the world that she built. Uh, I don't think it's going to be quite like bully, but it's possible. could be uh could be Harry Potter bully. It's a great game, by the way. Uh, yeah, and now there's that game beating up little kids and, and stuff. And there's like this contention where people are like, oh, well, I don't want to support this. And they came out and they're like, she's not involved. Like they, the studios come out and be like, she's not involved with the game. WB's come out. They're like, she's not involved in the game. And people are like, yeah, but she's still getting royalty checks. So people are like, well, do I buy it? Do I not buy it? Can I? And it's like, I think if you, I, I really think that this, when you make something this big, it's really easy to separate the creator from the, from the uh, content itself. Because at this point, Harry Potter's become bigger than JK Rowling. Like the the world and the lore and all that stuff has been established to the point it's just where like Star Wars it's is bigger than well George. beyond. The, I, the the hardest thing to separate is you know I think music is the hardest thing because that's the person itself. Like there is there's this band that they had a I guess a few hits in the early two thousands. It was called Lost Prophets and they and that and the singer in the band was convicted of like pedophilia charges or things like that and from that moment i was like i can't listen to this music anymore never it's like no way Uh uh-uh i can't i can't disconnect it that's that's heinous and like convicted it's not even like alleged like no 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 they got him he went to jail um you know michael jackson you can give him the benefit of the doubt because he never went to jail for anything did he probably do it yeah probably yeah so 
that's one of the things. Music, I think, is harder here. It's like you've built this whole separate universe and world where everything is being communicated through these fictional characters that kind of exist on their own beyond anything from the from the author itself. Like, cool, you set this emotion. We got it. It goes back to you. Wonderful. Thank you for this gift. Um, you seem like kind of a kind of a rough figure to uh, to be benefiting at this point, but this is this isn't really yours anymore. You've given us this gift, and now it's ours. Well, I mean, that's kind of what happened on the opposite with Game of Thrones, right? Like, are very similar, right? HBO is going to make a new Game of Thrones series that's got nothing to do with George R. R. Martin's books, right? Yeah. Like, same universe, same world, but they'll, yeah. you know, get creative people. Yeah, to I make think it. that's the same thing. Like, if George R. R. Martin comes out and all of a sudden he's a big creep, you're like, well, whatever. You didn't even finish your book, so fuck it. We got an ending. People hated it, and uh, they couldn't even see it at times. But, uh, you know. We uh, we got this thing. Thank you. Still ours. We still liked it, kind of, for the most part. It was a fun journey, uh, but the destination was a uh, big, big pile of poop. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, but in that situation, I'm like, yeah, buy the game because you got you got hundreds of people working on this thing, and they and they are putting their heart and soul into it. Most likely, and it's probably going to be a great game. It's Avalanche Studios. They make great games, hmm. so go check it out. I think I think I think it's elevated beyond her, and she gets a couple of royalty checks her way. You know what? I, I think I, I could I could look beyond that and still support can, the craft. But I'm sure that there's trans people who can't. Yeah, so we'll yeah. see what happens. And again, Harry yeah, Potter is one of those things that people read as kids, and they you know stories and things about you know it's amazing. This is something that happened at least to me a couple of weeks ago, where you realize how much oh you know what this happened because we were me and Alice were watching this show called Love on the Spectrum, right Netflix show. So I'll do this real quickly. So basically, it's about people who are autistic or on the spectrum of autism trying to have relationships, right? So they're, you know, grown. They're within their, you know, 20, 21, 22, and they see the world around them and they go, hey, I want that, right? And it's amazing how much autistic people latch on to media. So it's like the show, I believe, is about people in Australia, but they sound like Americans, right? Like they have like little Americanisms and it's because it's like this accent that they pick up through watching TV, through trying to socialize, right? Because the big thing about autism is you're not able to see like social cues. Yeah. Like you don't know, like you can't really see that someone is irritated with you because you just don't recognize those those things that the rest of us do, right? We're like, hey, maybe I should stop talking about this because this person's looking really upset. Yeah. And they just got right. Like it's hard to see that, but it's really interesting how much they go back to content in things like Harry Potter where there's just like everything about my life is Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter, Harry Potter's stories and these things that I learned through the books and the movies. It really helped me become more of what I want to become. And the same things for star Wars, same things for star. Like you can name anything, right. With a big series, comic book, Marvel stuff, right. What do you think? Marvel's got such a big following, right? People see themselves in the characters and the Marvel characters. And so that's why this is kind of a big deal because there's a generation of people who have spent the last 20 years taking some of the things that they learned as kids into their adulthood. And yeah, while it might sound silly to us that it's Harry Potter, to a 25-year-old, that might have been a big turning point for them to realize, hey, I can do what I want to do. I can be who I want to be, all that type of stuff. So yeah, it's interesting because those people will, again, me and you, I think are a little different because you're just like, yeah, whatever. But some people, they really take that stuff to heart. And I don't think she's, I mean, I think she's kind of tarnished her brand. And I just find it interesting that she just doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah. In a vacuum, in a vacuum, this wouldn't be, if she didn't make those comments. So they were back in June, by the way, 
That's what the article says. Okay, um, I was about to say, I'm not crazy. I was about to say, was that really six months ago? No, it was like three. I don't know. Time time is weird this year. Um, but if she didn't make those comments, it would just be like, all right, cool. You got this. This is a trope. It's a little tropey, but yeah, like, doesn't yeah, seem to be any hate. Better, it's not malicious. But the fact that it comes as like a one-two punch with those other comments she made previously, not a good look for JK. It's almost like, like she could have wrote this book just to that's put what I'm saying. In the chest of these people. Or even like put it out in a year or just been like, all right, let's let's hold even off. So, like once wait. you say that, you can't have books with trans characters in them because it's malicious. Yeah. It seems because malicious. you you make you put a trans serial killer in a movie or in a book or whatever, it's like that doesn't you're not saying that all trans people are killers. Just like when you have a you know, a white serial killer or a black serial killer or a gay serial killer, it's like it's just like, wait, but yeah, I guess Bruce Willis problem, was gay in the jackal. But but I guess the problem is is that me and you just named three movies with trans killers in them off the top of our heads. That's the problem. Is that if that it, if that becomes the the big identifiable problem, then yeah, and I guess if that is a big point to the plot, then okay. Yeah. And, look, and I would argue cool. that what you said about like white people and black again, like I would say 30 years ago, people would always think, well, the black guy doesn't ever get that type of role. Right. So the trans person doesn't get ever get the, you know, the detective role. Why is that? I don't know. Right. So Like that's the general problem where it's like, OK, fine. If you make trans serial killer, that's fine. If you also start putting trans people in the positions of heroes and the positions of love interest and the positions that aren't murder. <laughs> right like if you could do something different and then over time sure right you've got black people who are in jail you got black people who are detectives black people who are doctors in film right like all of that type of stuff where before you would never see a black doctor you'd never see a black you know millionaire you wouldn't see that stuff before that's only until the last 20 years or 30 years i guess because uncle phil was balling so <laughs> so yeah it, yeah well we'll have to talk about not this week um but ne- maybe next week or the following week we'll talk about um the inclusivity rules that were laid out by the Oscars. Okay, yeah, we'll do that next week. Because I want to, I want to talk about. I that. have not heard I about get, those. I'm interested. Oh, uh, uh, I got opinions. All right, cool. So we'll talk about that. All right, but but let's move on for now. J.K. Rowling, Godspeed. Uh, all right. So reading from the New York Post, dentist who extracted tooth on hoverboard sentenced to 12 years in prison. Uh, here we go. <laughs> which is a crazy sentence to read i'm gonna read that out loud oh, again great dentist who extracted tooth on hoverboard sentenced to 12 years in prison okay so an alaska dentist and only gets weirder who extracted a patient's tooth while riding on a hoverboard has been sentenced to 12 years behind bars for the stunt and other wheelie oh jesus christ <laughs> this is new york post man this is your newspaper God damn it. And other wheelie bad crimes. <laughs> I like a pun, but that's that's rough. All right. I, you know what? I, I, I lied. I respect it. I like it. New York Post. I just wasn't expecting it. And I think that's that's why I didn't like it. Sorry to judge you so harshly. Seth Lockhart sounds like a dude who would do this shit was sentenced Monday in Anchorage Superior Court on dozens of charges that stemmed from actions that range from his scooting antics to Medicaid fraud and remove. All right, you're burying the lead here and removing a patient's teeth while without their permission. The Anchorage Daily News reported. Hold on a second. I didn't read this article. All I saw. 
you should have read this because it's it's not just the the hoverboard. Oh my god! Tent. What keeps you there is the rest of the charge. Yeah, the 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 yeah, like because on its own, all he did with if you were just to take the the extraction on the hoverboard, it it's like okay, he did the thing. That's not twelve years of prison worthy. But then when you say Medicaid fraud and removing teeth without permission, okay, that fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, lock this guy up. The others was like maybe fine worthy and hey, you probably shouldn't do that, but let's keep going. He was convicted. <laughs> he was convicted back in January on charges of reckless endangerment, illegally practicing dentistry, and medical assistance fraud. How the hell do you do that? Quote, in reviewing all of the, all this over and over again, I have this visceral response. You darn near killed some people. End quote. Judge Michael Wolverton said in handling in handing down the sentence. That's a great judge name. It Wolverton. is. Judge <laughs> Wolverton. And you're in Alaska, too. I hope this guy's hairy as fuck. <laughs> and he just like kind of howls at them. Uh, the. The court heard testimony at his trial from patient Veronica Wilhelm, who was sedated when he was recording when he was recorded performing her tooth extraction on a hoverboard in July 2016. The height of hoverboard popularity. That's editorialized on my part. Uh, in the cell phone video, Lockhart could be seen riding away from the procedure with his hands triumphantly in the air. He As allegedly. No, yeah, of course. Absolutely. I, I, you know what? You did a good job. You celebrate. He allegedly texted a video of this of this stunt to at least eight people, joking that it was a, quote, new standard of care and quote, NBC News reported Lockhart, whose dental license was suspended in 2017, was also ordered by the judge not to practice medicine during his 10 year probation. Once he's released from prison, the Anchorage Daily News reported. Well, I'm sure he'll comply. Yeah, because yeah, he's complied so far. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Did not see all that stuff coming. Very interesting. How would you um, feel if you had a tooth extracted, right? Like, let's let's put you in the scenario, right? You got to get a tooth pulled. Mm-hmm. You get it pulled. Dennis comes in and goes, hey, everything went great. Thanks, man. Um, you know, just, you know, don't chew on that side, whatever. You're happy with it, right? And then you see a video on YouTube. And it looks like you laying down and your dentist is doing this. How do you feel about that? Uh, like, do you laugh? Are you extremely upset? Like, where do you immediately go if you were just, a, if this just popped up on your recommended channels on YouTube and it's you sitting in a chair with the dentist who you didn't realize because you were knocked out, was pulling your tooth out as he was riding around on a hoverboard? Yeah, I'd, you know, I'd have a little bit of concern. I, you know, I, yeah. I wouldn't be happy about it. Uh, my original thought was, well, he did it and it worked out all right. But what if it did? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you think about all the drunk drivers that make it home safe. It's like it doesn't make it okay. You know, mo- most of them do. But I don't want to be that one guy or have to put in danger the next guy who he's on the hoverboard with, and all of a sudden he kicks his heel back a little too much, and all of a sudden, you know, I got a, I got a knife through my uh, through my cheek there. I don't know how pulling a tooth works. I'm not. Or or if the or if the the hoverboard caught on fire as they do apparently. Oh yeah, that's true. Some hoverboards exploded. So yeah, yeah there's a lot of things that go wrong. It explodes and it harms you and the dentist as he's trying to pull out your tooth. It's probably not sterilized, right? Absolutely not. A lot yeah. of problems. A lot of problems with this. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy. I would. Um, that that seems like uh, an easy paycheck for me. 
Absolutely. Uh, I would, I would go to court <laughs> immediately. Um, you know, I, I'd ask for payment in whatever they pay for things with in Alaska. Look, going to the dentist is bad enough. It's not yeah. a fun. No one goes to the dentist smiling like, yeah, this is great. Right. Nobody wants to go to the dentist. And so, yeah, this doesn't help. <laughs> and the fact that and the fact that he's got his dental assistant there who's not doing anything. Like, are we going to talk to yeah. her? about Like, hey, how often was he doing crap like this? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of problems here. This is um, how does a dude like this get through medical school? Right. You, you wonder that. Yeah. Like, how did. did you get he here? Was, he was obviously part of Brett Kavanaugh's crew. <laughs> <laughs> boofing it boofing it up right. with with uh with squee and whatever the hell else the dude's yeah, names you, were. you know these guys getting to supreme court judges dentists right you'll be surprised who gets through the system yeah i don't know man. Your president right i don't think you know being a you know, being intelligent was a standard of was a standard of becoming of getting a medical degree or becoming president or running the government right like it's what, not would, what would you do so you're on the table you're on the table what do you do well, when look, I, this I, I'd, I'd, I'd be extremely upset, but I'd also have to laugh because. Oh, yeah, all, I'd laugh. But but again, you're right. I'd go. Yeah, you owe me some money, buddy. I don't like going yeah. to the dentist. It is. And now I'm on the Internet. Would you pull on my tooth right around on a hoverboard? Nah, man, you you, you got to pay me back. At least pay me back what the tooth extraction cost. Yeah. You know, the only, the only big difference between, you know, an older person and a younger person is knowledge, experience and all that wisdom that comes along with the experience, right? Like you look at a kid and you're like, Hey, don't, don't stand on that ledge. Why do you say don't stand on your ledge? Because you've seen enough people fall on the ledge. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, so when I see a dude like this, you're like, Oh, this guy, he's still the child. Like he's still the child. He's gotta be, but he's, but because he's gone through all that medical experience, the dude, the guy is like at least 30. Yeah. He's at least 30. And he's just like, yeah, this seems like a smart idea. This is crazy. This is incomprehensible to even be in this state. Like, <laughs> what drives a person to do this? Because I, I could just see this person. It's like, like, where's the guy who could? There, you are the adult in this situation. There's nobody to slap your wrist and be like, hey, man, maybe, maybe don't stand on the hoverboard while you're uh, while you're operating on a dude. It's like, well, why, why is that a sentence that has to come out of somebody's mouth? But that's part of the problem, right? Because like as, as much as I joked about his dental assistant, like what is she going to do? This is part of what people don't understand when you have people who are in power. And it's very hard to call those people out because there's sort of this assumed superiority, this assumed knowledge. When ideally we can look at this and go, this dude's a child. And you should be in a workplace where your employee should be able to go like, hey, man, you shouldn't do that. Like, that's not. And, you know, maybe that's how this happened. Maybe she sent it to the authorities. Who knows? Right. But anyways, like that doesn't look good on her part either because she's complicit to this, even though she doesn't have any power to change his behavior because this guy is the expert. Right. It's most likely his dental practice. It's whatever. He makes high level decisions on dentistry and he's getting paid a lot of money and he's still a child, still a kid. Or it's like, uh, or he just basically employs everybody like a big frat house. They're drinking after this, be like, "Oh, dude, that was awesome." Yeah, that was or sick. Like he's got a group of he's got a group of dentist bros, and they all try to one up each other about how they pull out teeth, right? Like this is the yeah, type because you frat. know, you know, in that picture with his hands up when he's going down the hallway, what's he saying? What's he saying? He's saying "woo," <laughs> and that is something you should never hear in a dentist office. No. So yeah, well, good story though. Yeah, twelve years yeah. prison. Enjoy it. 
in in in, in, in an Alaskan prison that cannot be warm. <laughs> no, no. Although free heat is right? probably a big uh, big. Benefit. It's got to be one of the last places I'd want to be in prison, other than maybe the polar opposite of like in Miami. Right, like you don't want to be in prison where you have these major swings of hot and cold throughout the year. Yeah, you want to be prison somewhere like, I mean, again, prison's prison, but just for the climate and the temperature, you'd want to pick like you know, California. Yeah, yeah, probably. But he's in Alaska. Yeah, which is probably the only place that would give him a dentistry license. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the only place he could have one, he could not have one and still be a dentist. They'll never find me. <laughs> I could hide all these all these extra pulled teeth in the snow. They blend right in. Yeah, they'll, they'll never know. Yeah. Well, good story, good pun. Let's move on. Uh this this one's a lot longer than I thought it was. Uh so what I'm going to Okay. Here we go. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is something a little unconventional here. So this is from uh, CNN Travel. Okay, they had this article called um, it was basically the wildest holiday request from the super rich. Okay, okay. And I was reading this thing. I was like, this this is this is wild. You know, the headlines accurate. Okay, and they have so they have a slideshow at the top of the page, which kind of just goes through some of these examples. So we'll just go through those because the the article does go into some more detail. I just sent you this. You could see some of the pictures that they're Mm -hmm. talking about. So. Here we go. So I'm basically just going to read this thing as if it's a slideshow and we can describe a little bit what is being seen here if it needs to be described. All right. Does that sound good? Sure. See how it goes. All right. So holiday plan for super rich. Ultra rich travelers can afford to go anywhere and do anything, but often rely on teams of highly skilled, adaptive and creative travel experts to make it happen. Quote, we've got a fantastic network of fixers around the world who know us and and the types of experiences we'd like to provide and quote Tom Merchant, co-founder of luxury adventure specialist Black Tomato, tells CNN Travel. Wow. So here we go. So there's 10 examples here. Not your average home movie. For one trip, Black Tomato sent a Hollywood cinematographer who had filmed blockbusters like Star Wars and Interstellar to shoot a family on their six-week sailing odyssey through the Indonesian islands. The group spent roughly $665,000 on their trip. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't want to forget this. We are going to hire a professional. We're basically going to shoot a movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is some wild shit. All right. Here we go. Uh, creative touches. The black tomato team once hit a diamond ring inside an ice cave for a client's bride to be discover to discover. So there you go. That's got to be a hell of a hell of a discovery there. How do you tee that one up? No, not that one. No, not that one either. No, don't touch that. You're spending this much money. She better find it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she'll find it. It's an adventure. Oh, my God. Real easy. Yeah. Dinner of the lifetime. Element Lifestyle founder Michael Albanese spent, name dropper, spent nine months arranging a private eight-course dinner hosted by celebrity chef Eric Rippert. The dinner featured a port found on a shipwreck quote that was older than abraham lincoln end quote <laughs> wow yeah. yeah 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 you'll you'll never do any of this i mean you might i won't i'll you never do that, any of this stuff that tastes any good oh the no I, yeah <laughs> I mean, it, it will maybe 
at that point, you're just like drinking money. Like it doesn't even yeah, matter. Yeah, you're just doing it because you can. Yeah. Man. You know, like I, I go back to, there was an episode of, um, God, what was it? Maybe it was bullshit. It was some, or maybe it was, some, it was some other weird show where they're basically trying to be like, is it really worth it to buy 300 pair of jeans, pair of jeans? And they just yeah. did like a side by side comparison. They were just like, yeah, which one is the $300 one? And which one is like the $10 TJ Maxx one? And no, nobody could tell the difference. Yeah. It's like it's the yeah, same it's shit. Like a lot of wine, right? People can't really tell. The, there's a very interesting documentary on Netflix about this dude who was like counterfeiting wine, and he was like known to be like this. He's like this guy. Good for him. Me. He was buying all this wine, but then he was like changing the bottles and the labels, and so he started mixing them in with this giant collection. So some of it's real, some of it's fake, but nobody knows. That's <laughs> awesome. Good for him. He's basically made the jelly bellies he's of wine. In prison now, but still, like the simple oh. fact. That got away with it for a long time and was living this super rich lifestyle by being a, a sommelier is look, funny look don't do it but still i like him like bringing it to the kick bringing it to the man in a way here we go personalized bucket list black tomato creates personal moments for their for their clients they organized a trip for a canadian philanthropist who had his own set of seven world wonders on his bucket list that included a dive between the tectonic plates in iceland Wow, that's really specific. It is very specific. Black Tomato. And I bet before this, you never even knew these guys existed. Yeah, but that's a great name for a little company, though. Yeah, it's a pretty good name because it's really innocuous. You have no idea what it could be. No idea what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Exactly. Exclusive pop-up accommodations. Black Tomato set up service called Blink, which allows clients to help design their own pop-up accommodations. For instance, these dome tents were set up on Bolivia's but they're salt flats. I mean, I'm not even going to try to sit. It basically burning. looks like for like if you've seen pictures of Burning Man, like Burning Man, but yeah. like it's not a bunch of rich hippies. <laughs> domes. Like they big, basically made like these personalized domes. Yes, it's like personalized like big giant dome with like you know I'm sure there's probably a private chef in there. There's like all and it's in the middle of a salt flat, so there's nothing living yeah. over here. There's no. And this is awesome. This. Great. Of all the things shown so far, this one seems the most awesome because this is on my list of places I want to go to the to see flat? it. Yeah. Are you familiar with it at all or no? no. I've never so heard the of the salt flat. Yeah. There's like basically if you go at a certain time of the year, they um, there's like moisture in it and it basically makes a perfect mirror. Ooh, like wow. naturally. Oh, like yeah. Look at this video. Whoa. Yeah. This is it's hot. really cool. Huh. I've never heard of this before. Yeah, so they do these tours. Now, whether or not you can do that or not, I don't know. Like, Well, you can do it, but you're never obviously guaranteed that you're going to get that. But man, it, it would be awesome to do. And it can't, I, I would assume the accommodations to go are expensive, but I don't actually think it's that expensive. Yeah, like I'm watching, a, all these, I'm watching all these travel YouTubers. Uh, just it's just a, videos probably a pain in the ass to go and maybe just it, a little bit unsafe. This image like, of this is nuts, though. Like, this is super yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. If you haven't, check out Bolivian Salt Flats and, uh, and give that a shot because it is it's really cool looking. All right, well, you know what? If I had the money, then yeah, set up a little pop-up shop. That's cool. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and build a little tent there. And then it's like, yeah, all right, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> like when they show up, they show up. In the meantime, here's your like little one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, it's cool. We created and your chef is across the way. And uh, hopefully... Random wolves don't come out and kill you. Anyway, all right, here we go. Private concerts. Element Lifestyle has thrown private concerts for clients like this one with LMFAO. I haven't heard them in a while. They're still and making one, music. <laughs> and once called upon a well-known artist to write and perform a unique travel theme song. Well, like there's always the stuff about the about the 
about artists going to Saudi Arabia for like the equivalent of like bar mitzvahs and stuff. So you'll see like Beyonce performing at some at some Saudi prince's you know sixteenth yeah. birthday. I thought you were going like, to say the Saudi prince's bar mitzvah. I'd be like that'd be weird. <laughs> that's that's a whole lot of wrong with that. Um, yep. but yeah, I just but really like, wanted to be lifted on a chair. Okay, this is the only way I can think of doing it. It's like instead of chicken fingers and latkes, you get Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> You probably get all of them, and the chicken. If you, if you get Beyonce and you don't have chicken fingers, like come on, where, where that's where you cut the cost. That's where you cut the cost. <laughs> you gotta have chicken. No bar mitzvahs complete or bat mitzvahs complete without chicken fingers. Oh man, I, 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 that was a that was a perfect opportunity for a callback, and I already forgot the name of that place. That <laughs> Zaxby's. So, Zaxby's. Yeah, get some Zaxby's chicken fingers if you got Beyonce. Doesn't matter where yeah, you are. Private party with this very, you know, this girl thought peace sign. Yeah, it's real funny because it looks like a party with like fifty Asian guys. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Guys, like I love LMFAO. I want them in my party, and they're like, really? "Yeah, that should be an All easy right. one." Someone yeah. call Red Food. Tell them, tell them to tell them to pull the the throw back out. <laughs> Good. <laughs> hey, what are you up to? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> we got you a gig. You want to fly to Shanghai to throw a private party? Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. All expenses paid, absolutely. All right, luxurious luxurious isolation. Red Savannah's founder and CEO, George Morgan Grenville, who, who has organized trips for well-known individuals, including Britain's Prince Charles, says clients are now looking for glorious isolation holidays, including private islands and exclusive camps. Okay, that's yep. fair. Yeah, and I mean, that's always a that. is that really unique? Right, like New Zealand's pretty isolated, so a lot of rich people fly down here for basically vacations to get away from stuff. So fair enough, you got enough money, you got to go away. Yeah, Black Tomato built temporary luxury luxury accommodations in the middle of this sacred valley in Peru for one trip on a private train on the private train ride to the site. Black Tomato sur- surprised the clients with a fireworks display. The trip cost just under one point four million dollars in total. This is like this one is like trip. Three. This is like renting out Machu Picchu. <laughs> this is what this is. Yeah. God, how you have to be, I guess you've got to be 1.4 million disposable income rich to basically rent out Machu Picchu, which is what yeah. they basically did. So this was this is a quote from them that I that I did read in the article. So I started to read this stuff and I was like, all right, I'm gonna save this because it's pretty cool. But he's this is what they said to CNN quote, the only reason any of these things are possible is that we've got a fantastic network of fixers around the world who know who know us and the type of experiences we like to provide. There is sometimes a Willy Wonka element to the way we work. Is this possible? I don't know. Let's explore it. And quote. That's such a great, God. great line. I love that. It's like they know most of that. You would imagine when he's saying that, he's got like this smile like, yeah, we know this shit is crazy. And it's like every time. Someone asked us for it. We're just going to do it and send them a bill because they don't really care about how much it costs, right? Like it's pretty much like, hey, dude, I want to have my my daughter's first birthday on the moon. I don't have a budget. Just make it happen. And this guy's like, okay. And I and I told her she could be an astronaut, and I haven't said no to anything to anything else yet. So let's make this happen. <laughs> All wow. right, luxury. There's two more of these left. Yacht charter company Yco says yacht says yacht adventures are in high demand due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. The company says it's seen a fifty percent uptick in inquiries since pandemic related lockdowns began earlier this year. That's not that interesting. And the last one, uh, luxury holidays during COVID. 
quote, we're seeing a lot more demand from clients who want to explore more secluded areas, spending more time on board and less time in busy ports, and quote, Gary Wright, YCO, co-founder, chairman, tells CNN Travel. So yeah, that's the end of the slideshow. Um, I did just do a quick Google search for Black Tomato. I do want to see the website. I mean, do they even have, why would you have a website? I wouldn't if I was Black Tomato. Um, because you can. It's about us. Here we go. So uh, let's see what the About Us page says. We're Black Tomato, award-winning creators of unique, perfectly tailored travel experiences, perhaps an unlikely name for a travel company, but please keep reading and we'll explain what it all means. Nah, I'm good. You get it. Yeah. They, they, they provide a bunch of extravagant experience for rich fucks. So there you go. You know, you want it, they'll do it. How is this not a TLC show or something like this? Like why people watch Renovation Island and they're in the same fucking place every time. Like give us some cool, unique views and plus they already have cinematographers in their network why isn't this a show because they, these people have this for their private collection <laughs> so i want to i want it to look like i'm an inception <laughs> when, when i make yeah well guess what not only do you get to do this you get to be a, a tv star on yeah, this trip as well I mean, don't you want to do that people don't want to be tv stars because again this is not like desperate not, housewives yeah jeez oh, like they are famous for that's it. And then there's Denise Richards. Yeah, like, I don't understand. What else do they do? Remember, though, there. there's Trump rich. And you could argue whether or not he's rich, but he obviously has enough money to kind of do what he wants, even if it's on basically loans. Right. Whatever. Trump got money. And then there's Jeff Bezos rich. And I believe what we're talking about here in these cases is more of the Jeff Bezos line of being rich instead of the Donald Trump. Look at me. I'm rich because you keep giving me your money rich. Right. Yeah. Like there's a difference. There's a difference between Bill Gates and like that level of Silicon Valley. Hey, I write this app that, you know, basically I got a million, I got a billion dollar military contract because I got an app that does something that me and you have never heard of before. But those guys, like that's the who's spending this type of money, not the loud mouth who's out there waving his money around. Yeah. True. That's why that's why I find it real funny when people want to talk about like taxes and social. I'm like, trust me, if we really wanted to solve a lot of these issues, these people would all get together and just solve it. You need like you need Jeff Bezos to just take an interest in climate change and he could probably fix it himself. He says he does. It's just lip service. Yeah, he's shrugging. He's like, I've also got interest in becoming a trillionaire. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, I like ex wife. I believe his ex wife is now the richest woman in the world through divorce. Yeah. I know. How much money do you have that you're like, here, take 25%. I'm still the richest man. And I just made you the richest woman. Yeah. And, it's nuts. and COVID and COVID-19 has made him even richer. Made him more money. It's, 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 it's <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't. Yeah. The fact that this well, Apple, Apple came out, they announced a bunch of stuff this past week and they said when they unveiled the, what was it? The watch? I think they the said. Your blood was it blood alcohol content or something? It's like no, blood oxygen level. Blood oxygen, yeah, yeah. But they said for the new watch to become carbon neutral, we're not including a power adapter in the watch. <laughs> so that that could be interpreted two different ways. Because once they said that, I'm like, it's not a bad explanation. But why with the watch? I think they use a proprietary charger for that. Where if you said that with the phone, I'd be like. Well, yeah, I got I got chargers all over the place for this. You don't really need to give me another charger. The explanation kind of makes sense. I'm like, all right, but immediately everybody's reaction would be like, no, no, you're just trying to get another like twenty bucks from us. Yeah, you want me to? Yeah, you want me to buy another charger? Because, because it's not like you didn't make the charger. You just, you just put it in the box. You want me to pay for it now to make yeah. it carbon 
neutral. And it's like, how about you be carbon neutral by not releasing, you know, phones that are basically similar specs every couple of months or whatever you do, right? Like just in general with tech companies. Like, how about you stop producing? How about you stop producing? Or, hey, Apple, how about you actually make your phones not stop working because, you know, the OS isn't supported anymore on this phone? Like, how about you actually support your products from life until like actual death? Uh, you can't. I can't say that to Apple. Apple does a better job of that than anybody else. They do a better job, but they don't. But they don't. You know. Again, we're talking about carbon neutral here, right? It's not about. It's not a contest about we do it a yeah, little. Yeah, like bit. release release a phone every other year instead of every year. Again, I'm just I'm just making the general point of you not including a charger into my into my case. That's car- more carbon neutral than me having to throw away this phone after six years because you just stopped updating it. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird excuse. I just thought it was interesting. Like, oh, this this is kind of the stuff that they're doing. Look, if I ever reach this amount of money, I'll make sure to take you on one of these vacations. I don't think yes. I will. Hey, you never know. You never know. All right, my uh, my French toast shop that'll uh, that'll fund this. All right, here we go. Let's start getting into some real shit. This one can last, be quick. The last story is about Kanye, but I got some pretty good transition material that's going to take us nicely into a little reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. And by little, I mean a lot, because we got some shit to cover. Reading from the Miami Herald. Trust me, I won't stop. Kanye West just did a really disgusting thing on Twitter. <laughs> this was this was reported as of this reading. Okay, this is two days ago. How did I not hear about this? Anyway, I mean, this dude is a presidential candidate. <laughs> presidential candidate. <laughs> That's not very presidential behavior. We're talking about Kanye West, whose actions on Twitter are getting him in all kinds of social media trouble. Exhibit A, the Wednesday night video of him urinating over a Grammy in the toilet. At least we think it was him. Mercifully, we only see a stream, not a body part. Well, mercifully, there's a lot of people who'd like to see Kanye's penis. <laughs> like this, this is one man's opinion. Oh, one lady's opinion. Sorry, Madeline. <laughs> I mean, if only out of curiosity, some people would be like, oh, okay. You know, that's it. Got it. Don't, don't, don't just all of a sudden watch me like, thank God we only saw the pee. I mean, really? Okay, fine. Um, anyway, it's unclear. <laughs> it's unclear if the award was his as he has racked up 21, Jesus, or if the <laughs> liquid was actually pee. Regardless, no one wants to see that. Shortly thereafter, West, who is famous for his late night cryptic tweets, got into some um hot water on the social media channel, but ironically, not over the toilet clip, which is still out there for public consumption. The caption, quote, trust me, I won't stop, end quote. Please do, the author says. Um, so why so why did West end up in Twitter purgatory for 12 hours. On one of his other myriad posts, he reportedly tweeted out the private cell phone number of Forbes editor Randall Lane. West <laughs> may have had an issue with an article Lane wrote about the hip about the hip hopper's misguided presidential ambitions. Quote, if any of my fans want to call a white supremacist, this is the editor of Forbes, end quote, West wrote, along with a screenshot of the journalist digits, which were later removed. Earlier, early Friday, West was back in full force, tweeting, quote, artists are founders, end quote, with no context. All we can say is thanks for not showing us your bathroom again, ye. Oh, right, because I got that creepy bathroom, right? Or something like that. Or no, there was the bathroom with the carpet bathroom. Was that it? No. 
that was somebody else. A lot that goes on in that family. <laughs> he also he also tweeted something like, "I need to see everybody's contracts at Universal and Sony. I'm not going to watch my people be enslaved. I'm putting my life on the line for my people." What does that mean? Which which Grammy do you think he peed on? Uh, I don't know which ones he won. I guess that linked to which ones he won. Well, a lot. He's got a he's got R and B songs. He's got like if I had to pick one, right? So if you just type in Kanye West Grammys. Well, they linked right here. So. Of his wins, right? So I'm going to say... Out let's of all- say which ones you don't... Well, let's go down and say which ones you don't pee on. So the uh, producer of the year, non-classical, you know, you're a producer. You could... Do you really need to... That That's in the running. That might be pee-worthy. Look, album I don't, of the year, you keep. Best rap performance, you keep. The years, I think the performance... Best rap one, performance, you keep. Right? Yeah. Performance, I mean, I keep. Even, I would yeah. even say even the performance one, you can maybe, you know, that that's in the running for, for peeing on, right? I think albums and songs, you don't pee on, right? No, you don't pee on those. That's just like, hey, I was at an award show and I did this song and I won a Grammy for it, right? Like, okay, fine. But like the album... Oh, yeah. I was reading nominations. I wasn't even reading wins. Okay, so let me go to the wins here. Yeah, performance... Yeah, one of them. Collaboration that might be yeah I don't know you're still part of the song and it's that, that you know maybe you keep that one yeah, performance yeah you keep collaboration That's the ones that I would pee on <laughs> like I'm trying to think of like if you just had to be like look one of these Grammys I don't really care about right like I want it and it's just like whatever I don't really care that I want it right because I have 21 of them so this one doesn't mean as much to me um, yeah you definitely keep the first one the first one you ever got you don't yeah, you don't pee on that one. one. And you keep the albums because that's got that's like directly you, right? It's won a lot of Grammys. Yeah, I'd say of any of these, yeah, because they're all albums or songs, so it's got to be the collaboration ones. It's got to be one of those. Yes. Yeah. But now, okay, so then you then you narrow it down, and look, I'm not. I understand Kanye's like super popular and whatnot, but I couldn't identify any of these songs. So you'll have to tell me which one of these collaborations is worth being on <laughs> what's the rap again like the one that i'm looking at is this is this american boy i don't know that song or south side like south side i don't know either and again i'm not a giant kanye fan um but i'm trying to look at these and say like which one of these i think it's like these duos and groups are the ones that i'd get rid of right because it's like i kind of showed up so it's yeah not I would, it's not I all would mine the, i'm only would, partially peeing on myself yeah, that's the one I would take because you've won other Grammys for your songs and solo performances you want to win. Um, yeah, like Swagger Like Us, I could pee on that one. It's fine. It's fine. I was on it for five minutes. I did about an hour's worth of work. I'm good. Um, yeah, so it's going to be one of these. I, it's one of these song p- performance ones by a duo or duet. Or this, these are the ones that you can that you can pee on. So there Check you go. Out checks out yeah i think that's the only thing that got like yeah which one would you pee on you got 21 of them i mean me right? personally none of them i wouldn't pee on a grammy or you know if you're looking at grammys to pee on you pick the one you care the least about yeah. so i'm surprised that he didn't say which one it was um look but kanye is he needs help yeah. <laughs> so that's all there is to that he needs help and i and i want to use this as a transition if i may unless you have much else to talk about that's here. it with kanye. okay so then i'm going to transition into a little reddish bluish blackish jewish Okay, and we're going to start at a kind of an unlikely place because this this happened before. And when Kanye says, I'm not going to watch my people be enslaved, the idea of talking about now coming from a white man. Okay, I don't know if we should be trivializing the term slavery at any point possible. Like, 
Kanye, are we, is what you're talking about really slavery at this point? And now I want to transition into uh, Bill Barr, our attorney general, oh, yeah. uh, who said earlier this week, so reading from CNN Politics, Attorney General William Barr suggested on Wednesday that the calls for a nationwide lockdown to prevent the spread of coronavirus were the, quote, greatest intrusion on civil liberties other than slavery, end quote. There's some uh, that that's basically the essence of what he said, other than slavery. You know, Look, I'm going to say no, something real blasphemous here. If that's what slavery was like, I don't think black people would have complained as much. No. <laughs> so, I mean, just put that into context. Oh, I have to stay inside, learn how to make bread and and yeah. attention, and work remote and go to school remote to all these things. That's it. All right, cool. It's not pleasant, but it's not like getting put on a slave ship in a country that you don't know to pick foreign goods and being whipped and raped and beaten and yeah, they're not they're not whipping people who aren't wearing masks and leaving their houses like are you out of your fucking mind (laughs) (laughs) what's wrong with you people and that's kind of the tone i want to establish as we move forward in this journey of the uh of this political uh update of the week here because um it's gonna be a rough 40 some odd because uh, yesterday, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. RIP, RGB. Um, rest in peace. Um, and unfortunately, based on the political climate, and you know, I'm just as guilty at it because I'm about to yeah, talk no about this right now. <laughs> it's like it's like, oh no, she it's died. Like, oh crap! What's gonna happen to this to her seat? It's like okay, this this icon, this uh, this feminist icon, the civil rights icon, uh, who gave her. You know, who dedicated her life to the betterment of the country and women's rights. Yeah. She dies. And then, and now a war starts. Like, literally, within the first 10 minutes of announcement of her death, it was like, yeah, yeah, she was a great pioneer. I said, but who's going to take her seat? And it's like, everybody, everybody kind of saw this coming. Everybody's like, I remember I looked at the news, I got the alert on my watch, and I looked at it. And then my first sign was, oh, fuck. Like, there's no other reaction to that, but oh, fuck. Like, if you understand why, and everybody knows it, everybody's looking, and you want to talk about, like, awareness or soul or things like that from, like, we were talking about before with J.K. Rowling, like, this is another level because this should actually, I don't want to diminish the the rights of trans people or anything like that. It matters. But this stuff, like, this affects, that affects a certain group of people. This affects everybody. Has the, the the potential to affect the next forty years yep. of of the U.S. as far as politics, laws, social justice, all of it. it. It can potentially ruin the next forty years. It could roll us back forty years. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a big thing. It's a big problem. It could it could kind of absolve Trump of a lot of things if like if there's a if there's an election dispute. And he fills the seat and it, it could actually, it could tip things his way because he puts in on someone who's like, yeah, you know, that is what it is and everything's fine. Like the, there, there's a lot of things could be down. What I really want to hone in on though, is the, is kind of the hypocrisy. Uh, and it's so what? obvious. I'm, I'm going to go the other way with this. I, this is, this is why the Democrats are losers. <laughs> yeah. This is why. This is why the Democrats, for as much as they want to do the holier-than-thou act 
and try to tell everyone that, oh, we're so much better than you because we understand, you know, the social causes of, of, you know, human existence, all the crap that liberals and, and Democrats tell you, this is why they lose because it's literally, you're, you're in a boxing match, you're in a fight and you want to talk about the, the right way to, to engage in battle as the Republicans are punching you in the face. Well, no, yeah. you, you can't start like that. You have to bow to me first. No, I don't. I'm going to kick you right in the mouth. Yeah. And that's what Republicans have done. because I've look, already I, knocked out the ref. It's just yeah. you and me right here. <laughs> and I got a knife. Yeah. <laughs> this is a boxing match. And it's like, no, no, no. You don't seem to understand. The Republicans don't care. They don't care. And look, Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, there's a lot of talk about she she should have retired. Because yeah. the fate of the country should not should not be on the shoulders of an eighty seven year old woman who's had multiple bouts with cancer, yep. multiple. The fact that she lived as long as she had is a is a blessing in modern medicine. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it has to wait to this for everyone to go, oh my god, what's happened? The Republicans are punching no. repeated. It goes back to twenty sixteen. It goes this back is- further than that. It does go back further than that, but I'm just saying the was trying to tell her like, "Hey, while I'm still here, would you mind like stepping down so I can put somebody in the seat before you pass on?" Yeah, and she's like, yeah. "Nah, <laughs> I'm good." Yeah, I I can't disagree with that, um, but at the same time, the biggest thing that's coming up now is that like this is really going to put a short term memory test to the is going to put short term memory to the test. Like four years ago, in February, it was when uh, Scalia died, and then, and Obama had a he he appointed Merrick Garland, who's pretty center of middle of the road. He wasn't like this crazy liberal justice. Like from what I understand, his views are pretty are pretty down the middle, and every and bipartisan support before that moment. So he puts it forward. Mitch doesn't even bring it to a vote. Speaker of the House, Mitch McConnell. The turtle so he doesn't bring it to a vote and they call it the biden rule like oh back in 1992 again same situation that we're in right now it was bush versus clinton and biden said you know if we don't think that during an election year you should you should have a vote now he didn't actually get to put that into practice nobody actually did it but that's what they cited as their rationale being like nope it's the biden rule he said we shouldn't do it so let's wait for the election and now what do we have to do so then same time, Lindsey Graham, um, he basically says, you could use my words against me. If if there's another, he's like, use this recording against me. If in four years we have a situation where we have to fill the justice and it's an election year, he's like, we should not appoint it until the election. Okay, cool. Well, guess what? It took about two, maybe three hours for Mitch to put out a uh, statement from the from the Senate being like, yeah, with regards to this. It didn't even, it just needed a little bit of class. He didn't need to say this. He could have let this dangle for a little bit longer. But instead, he sends out this note being like, yeah, we're all saddened by the passing of the justice, whatever, whatever, whatever. Cool. The expected stuff. At the end, he said, we will we will work to vote. He's like, we will bring a new justice to a vote. He's like, as soon as possible, like fulfilling this duty, like as soon as possible. It's like, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? You're in. I'm not surprised. 
You're in a street fight. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You're mad that he threw sand in your face. You said you weren't going to do that. Yeah, use that against me. Yeah, use it against me. If I here's here's the bigger problem. Because this is basically what you have coming. Because he'll probably get away with it. They'll probably they'll probably appoint a new Absolutely. justice. You know why? Because the Democrats happen. are losers. They're losers. And, uh, the collective yeah. group of people. And again, I got my ballot in front of me. I voted for a bunch of losers because I at least feel that at least if the losers are in charge, maybe we won't go into total destruction. But they're losers. They are. The Democrats as a whole. And this is why I hate voting for Democrats is because they're suckers. They're clowns. Because they want to tell me about, well, it's supposed to be this. This country was not founded on being nice to each other. This wasn't. And so these clowns want to talk about, well, decorum and precedent. Do you think that the Republicans care about precedent? No. They don't care. They've never cared. And you keep this pretending of trying, well, we're better than that. Are we, though? Should we be better than that? I don't think we should. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at, is that what goes around comes around. It's going to go the other way. It has to. It's only no, a matter of time. It it's not. It's not going to be this sucker. year. It's the not going to be next year. It's not. But let me tell you something. This this thing that's ruined. You're only going to make people more angry. This this base of lunatics that we have for for Trump, like that 35. percent What happens when that is the 35 percent that is that actually is in that socialist camp of of the Bernie Bros? They grow up. They actually do start voting and then they start doing all that stuff that you were afraid of. Guess what? That comes back around. And because you basically stripped away power and give yourself uh, the ability to carte blanche, do whatever the hell you want, because you have 35 percent of the elect of the population that's giving you these electoral votes. Guess what? Now it's our turn and not our turn as in me, because honestly, that side of the that extreme side kind of freaks me out as well because the truth is in the middle. But you are going to feel all your greatest fears come true within the next 20 years. And you know what, Mitch, you'll be dead. Trump, you'll be dead. All you guys will be dead. But these other people, you guys who fucking with those bootlickers at the at the bottom who are coming in, riding the Tea Party, and then all of a sudden turning to Trump, you guys. I saw a guy on Fox News last night. He was like, we got to do it. We got to support these evangelicals because we got to get a good evangelical uh, uh, judge in there who's going to support us. It's like, fuck you, man. This, is, this whole country is founded on the premise of freedom of religion. What goes around comes around. You guys are going to get completely destroyed. You're going away. Again, I don't because, again, you've you've allowed them to run amok. It's going to be too late. That's the problem. It's like I can't wait till it's our turn to be in power so we can do the same thing. The rate we're going, you won't you won't ever get that chance. It's going to be the too majority late. shrinking, though. And that's the problem. That's why I actually fear the worst, which is my biggest fear is that Trump wins and he loses the elect the the popular vote by over 10 million votes. What happens then? He's president still and there's nothing no one's going to change it. That's the problem is that the Democrats are not willing to fight the way that the Republicans are. They aren't. That's what you have to appreciate about the Republicans. They play to win. And in a game where they're obviously the rules don't really matter, they play to win the game. The Democrats yep. do not play right. to win the game. They no, don't. You're right. they, and they never have. Obama didn't play to win the game. And that's the, you got a black dude who actually has the chance to make massive changes. And I understand that he didn't have full control. But then when he did, it was moderate mess. It was moderate nonsense about our democracy. The Republicans don't fight that way. Well, he wore, he wore a tan he, suit one time. He wore a tan was, suit. And, you know, was you know terrorist fist bumps, right? Like, if they're already thinking that you're a terrorist, and they already think that you're not born in this country, why did you just not do whatever you wanted to? Because that's what the Republicans do. The Republicans don't care. 
oh, I don't want people to think they already think that of you. So actually make it a better place. And he didn't do that. Hillary wouldn't have done that. Joe Biden's not going to do that. They're a bunch of suckers. And that's why they keep losing these elections. That's why Hillary lost is because she's a loser in that sense. And that's why Trump and that's why Trump goes to get tired of winning it because to the Republicans, they're winning and they are. We might not call what's happening winning because I look at this and go, that's not really winning for the fact that the president tells you to use ultraviolet light in, you know, to cure coronavirus. That doesn't sound like winning to me. But the dude's been impeached. He's still the president. He's called the military suckers and, and losers and fool and everything. He's still the president. All these things that Trump has done, it doesn't matter the republicans have their they've got their monster on their side because they're willing to go to that level to make sure that they can do what's about to happen which is put supreme court justices in power people who have unlimited time in that role it's crazy it's nuts and that's why the democrats are that was when yeah i don't i don't think the uh again that we talk about the age thing before where i don't think you know you're talking about a time when the the average lifespan was probably closer to this. I mean, in the 17, in uh, 1776, how long was, yeah, I would say sixties if you're lucky. Like if you made it to 60, you had a good life. If, if, you know, if the, if the, um, what is it? Polio didn't get you by time you were 60, you're good. Yeah. So these guys, the Supreme court, they probably had maybe like 20 years tops. Yeah. 30. If they're real, they're real go getting. Yeah. But yeah, like it's, it's kind of nuts. And now it's like, no, no, actually, if we put like a 40 year old there, theoretically, that dude could be there for like 50 87. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, wait, what? That's like 10. And it's like that could be up to 10 presidents. You had a new one every year. Like, that's insane. That's insane it's to nuts. think about. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's, and look, this is, and again, there's talks about, well, if the Democrats get in power, because there's always a, there's they'll always add, the ability they'll to add expand, they'll add seats to it, like whatever. But this is like, like, again, the simple fact that they sort of that you have to get other people to suggest this. And again, if you get a Democrat in power, it's a lot of him and hawing and a lot of trying to capture the middle and trying to play politics the right way. Again, it's literally again, like there's so do many you think, analogies. Do you honestly to this think after all this, after all this, do you think they're really going to do, do that? Again? I do, because I think because, again, they're already trying to stop people like Bernie or or AOC, like those people are on the outskirts of the Democratic Party. That is their Tea Party, right? And they won't, the establishment won't let those people take over the party. When I would argue at this point to balance what the Republic, what the Tea Party did, that's what you need. You need that crazy other side to fight with your crazy other side, right? It's a street fight. You need your crazy friend to go out there and fight the other crazy guy. Like that's what you need. You're in here trying to play by the rules and there are no rules. And that's why you keep losing. You keep going, I don't understand. We try to pay fair and they don't follow the rules. And it's like, well, they don't they don't respect the rules. If you really believe in your democracy, you're willing to die for it and fight for it. And the Democrats, to me, aren't willing to do that. They're, they've never been willing to do that, which is why they keep losing. Yeah, that's uh, it's really depressing. It and is. It's super depressing. Is, and I don't. This and is, this is why I just I this is look, I, I got my ballot in front of me. Right. And this is the first time ever I voted Democrat all the way down. Because I'm literally just looking at this and going, if you if you guys don't fight for this, it's going to be over regardless. But I at least want to pretend that I'm going to give you a fighting chance. I'm going to put I'm going to put put some water on you, put your mouth guard back in, and tell you guys you got to give it a good go. You've got to you have to fight for this because if you just kind of give up, 
then there's not even a point. There's not there's not a point at all. And so I hope I again, I don't believe that they will, but I do hope that the Democrats are willing to start fighting the way that the Republicans do. Like you have to respect that about their party. It's nuts what Republicans are willing to do. But oh, hell, I mean, the they, they're they, still you yeah. don't have to, they didn't have to run Trump again. No, they didn't. They could have got rid of the guy and they go, nope, this, he's got the base. We're, we're willing to take his crazy fanatical he's got that, fan he's got that base. cult. Yeah, exactly. We're going to take this cult to victory because cult this 45. cult. And, and again, man, this is like this is like hiring. It's like there's so many analogies to sports to this where it's like, hey, you know, we're going to get the kids from the other sides of the tracks and aren't willing to stomp on another kid's face. Because that means we're going to win this football game, right? Like, I don't care if he might shiv the quarterback in the puddle, in the, in the huddle after he tackles him. We're still going to win, right? Yeah, we're going to win. Okay, I want to win. Let's win. And that's exactly what the that's what the Republicans have done. And again, like, I just find it. And you start reading social media and all of And this is what I hate about liberals the most is that they want to talk about the rules. And I hate that because it's like there are no rules. You guys have, you guys have handicapped yourself in this game. No one else is asking you to play by these rules. You guys have this holier than now. This is our democracy and what the four or five. Nobody cares about that stuff. I don't care about what was written by a bunch of racists 400 years ago. But you know what's funny? Is like those are the guys. That's, that kind of stuff is mostly coming from the right. They're the ones who always say that the democracy, all right? That but, but that's the and thing. that's, they and that's that, the biggest problem is that you can't they say it, but they don't no, believe it. <laughs> no, because you can't say the voice of the American people again. You can't you can't say that when three million more people voted. When you're when the people who are actually putting you in power are are like forty percent of the country or forty five percent of the country. Like it's not the majority. It's not most people. When Trump comes out and says, uh, "If you exclude the blue states, we're doing quite well with coronavirus," uh, you're still doing shitty, bro. Like you're still not doing well. And how the hell can you say exclude 60% of the country? Like Bill Maher made a good point. Like you, you're saying blue states, California, like more people voted Republican in California than a whole lot of red states combined. They're still there. They still live amongst us. We still live together here. It's still our country together. It's madness, but that's how the dude thinks. Yeah, fuck those blue guys. It's like, uh, oh, look, what? Look, Yet man, there's I'm, still I'm, people who stand by him. There's still people in New York who will remain Republican. They're like, yeah, if it wasn't for our fucking Democrats. It's like, are you kidding? You know why? Because they have, because Trump has shown them they can win. So when Trump goes, are you tired of winning yet? He's not talking about the individual victories. He's not talking about the battles. He's talking about this entire war. And Trump is winning. Right now, he's winning. I don't care what anyone says. He is winning until you vote him out and Joe Biden is president. Basically, until January 2021, Trump Assuming is winning. he wins because he, he might. He could very well still. Trump could, could still I, lose. It's, to me, it's 50-50. Let's see what 530 <laughs> and, is. And how crazy is that to think it's that after all that's happened the last four years? Uneducated it's, it's, white people. I'm just going to call a, them out. Uneducated white people. It's still a toss up. But again. They got the uneducated white people, and that's how they're going to win. They're winning because the Democrats aren't willing to appeal to those people, right? The Democrats want to appeal to those who care about social issues. They don't want to care. They don't want to cater to the dude who's in the middle of Mississippi who only cares about his truck and his dog. Yeah. As of and now, problem. so according to 538, Biden is favored to win. He's got a 77% chance, according to 538. Now, Hillary when, had a 68%, right? Seven, 72%. 
She had seventy two percent chance to live, and I remember that because nowadays, when I I will use uh, that percentage when it's like I am pretty confident this is going to happen, but there's also a chance that it doesn't. I will say I'm seventy two percent certain this is happening. And the thing that I fear is that you know this blue wave happens, all these Democrats come in, and the Democrats do nothing, and they do nothing, and they do the status quo, which again, think everything's a pendulum, right? It swung. We've swung really hard to the right. And if the Democrats don't swing hard enough to the to the left, it's going to come back that same fury in eight years, four years, whatever the time frame is when they find their next Trump, their actual smart Trump, because that's the real fear is that they did this with an idiot. Imagine what they do with a dude who's smart. I know. It's crazy. It's terrifying. Well, think about the last two Republican presidents, Trump and George W. Bush. And the one before that was his father. Who is who's a competent dude? Reagan, right? They picked an actor. Yeah, it's a good weird track record. But they know how to win, to your point. They know how to win. They, they know how to win. They, they and get, it's and that's not the really about the figurehead. It's, it's like we just get a get a charismatic guy. That and they probably look at Bush as a Bush Sr. as a failure because he lacked the charis the charisma to win a second term. And this is the problem. He lost right? to when a dude Democrats, playing a saxophone on Arsenio Hall. When when, when the when the Democrats come up. Right. They talk about, oh, he's a law. He did law this and he's a Harvard law student. And, you know, look at all these credentials and these things that he did instead of just being like, hey, we picked a black guy because we're going to change some stuff. (laughs) Right. Like, that's what the Republic. Hey, we picked a reality show star because he's rich and we're going to make America rich. We're going to make you rich. We're going to win. And they go, yeah, we're going to win. Let's do it. That's all they needed. They didn't need the, he's a Harvard Law student with X amount of degrees. And he's, you know, he's he's part of these groups. And it, like it's all of that pomp and circumstance that the Democrats love to do that just causes them to lose. It's it's like literally nerds fighting against, against like the football team. <laughs> like that's what it is. And the nerds are just getting roughed up over and over and over again. And they're like, well, we're playing by the rules. So as long as we play hard and we do it fair, I can go to sleep at night. Yeah, but in and the it's movie, like, no, dude. but in the movie, you get the nerds eventually sexually assault the girlfriend of the uh, of the of the football team uh, head jock, and then uh, then he steals the girlfriend, and they give out naked pictures of her at the bottom of pies. So that's how they win, <laughs> right? Because what happens? The nerds start fighting dirty, yeah, and, and so. the, again, the Democrats aren't willing to fight dirty. So let's see what happens because I yeah. totally think Mitch is going to push somebody through. The Democrats are going to stomp sure. their feet and talk about how it's not fair, and then Mitch and Lindsey Graham are going to shrug. I think I read yeah, anecdotally no, I read that the average time to push through a center was like seventy-two days. So the, the I mean, to push through a justice is like seventy days or something like that. So this is going to be the worst case scenario. Is this is a very realistic scenario, which would be really fucked up. But I bet you this is. This is when you'll have the question of do we add more justices because and start playing really and then actually doing some things. Biden wins. They get the and they appoint the Supreme Court justice between the election and the actual the election date and the uh, the actual inauguration because they can do that. Nothing really stopping them. And watch. They'll, they might do it in December or January because they can. Yeah. And then all, and all you really need to do is see some balls. Like I, 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 the crazy thing that to your point is that, and then that, that's like the, the cliche line where they're like, uh, Democrats fall in love and Republicans fall in line. 
because you hear these stories like these people in the Republicans, they hate they hate Trump and all those other things. But the fact that you have 53 Republican senators, you need four of them to be like, no, let's not do this shit. And you'll probably get two because the only Republican who actually said, yeah, Trump did those crimes and he should be removed from office Mitt Romney. is Mitt Romney. That's it. <laughs> One. Of fifty three. I mean, and this, and people. honestly, this is why this is why this is why I, I I despise Tulsi Gabbard so much because it's more of this. I'm playing by the rules, and I don't feel that it's my place. To, look, you got to vote. I'm sorry, it's either them or you, and you want to be the referee. Yeah, get out of here. We are playing a game, and you're telling me he you want to. He on did this shit. Right? You know he did this shit. Why? Come in on, the hell, would you ever stand for this? <laughs> so I'm um, I'm looking at five thirty eight. Um, they have this list of uh, weird and not so weird possibilities. So they say uh, Biden wins the popular vote 87 and 100. Um, Biden wins more than 50% of the popular vote 82 and 100. Right. Well, that's kind of in line with the other. I don't know how you could have. Anyway, those are kind of weird stats. Biden wins in a landslide 30 and 100. Uh, Biden wins the popular vote but loses the Electoral College 10 and 100. No one wins the electoral vote, less than one in 100. Trump wins at least one state Clinton won in 2016, 38 in 100. Biden wins at least one state that Trump won in 2016, 92 in 100. Yeah, Pennsylvania is probably, Pennsylvania I mean, and Michigan, Michigan are the ones gonna, that are. And quite frankly, Arizona is probably going to flip too. We'll see. Um, the map stays exactly the same as it was in 2016, less than one in 100. The election hinges on a recount, five in 100. It's going to be a big shit show. Which states are the closest? North Carolina, Ohio, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Texas, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. It's a mess because the Republicans are willing to fight for their lives. Democrats, are you willing to do that? I haven't seen it yet. Let's see. They say they are. They say they are, but boy, you better better put down the the rule book. (laughs) You better start fighting. You better start throwing some fists. Yeah, it's a big shit show. Next few uh, next few weeks is going to be really weird. I'm going to hate it, and um, there's going to be a lot of upset people. It's a bad day for feminists. It's uh, it's really a, just a bad time for this country because we just all look like the representatives are literally that they're supposed to represent, and we look like a bunch of fucking monsters. As someone who lives overseas, oh yeah, America's reputation has never been lower, ever. Mm-hmm. Look like a bunch of clowns. Look like a whole bunch of clowns over there in the U.S. Oh yeah, those crazy people in the states. They already thought they already thought that we were nuts, but they at least respected for the fact of like, yeah, you know, they're doing pretty well over there. You know, you got a lot of money, you got a lot of nice things. But I'm saying that now. Now we're not yeah, even doing that because we can't shoot right? anything. Although we can't again. It's a mess. It's a mess. So Democrats, if you're listening to this, you better be willing to fight because your Republican neighbor that you might think is dumb. Oh, he's been giving a lot of money to old Trump. He's been giving a lot of money to the cause. He's willing to go out there with his with his don't tread on me flag and his Trump truck bumper stickers and go out to those rallies without a mask on. He's willing to die for this. Are yeah, you willing knows, to die for this? Cuz he he knows they're uh they're coming for his guns and they're all yep. socialists and yep. they're all they're all uh, gay and transgender and they're going to turn him gay. And-, and you can say, well, actually, sir, it's actually explain to me your reason. He goes, I don't care. I don't need a reason. I got my dog. I got my gun. I got my truck. Trump said I get to keep this stuff if he wins. I'm voting for him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's that simple. Exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, the Democrats make me so upset, man. Oh, it makes me mad. It makes me mad that I got to vote for these suckers, man. Because they don't do anything. Which is why they keep losing. And I don't like to lose. But I, I don't want to be on the winning team. The winning team's a bunch of monsters. <laughs> a bunch of animals over there. But I want to win with this team. And can we just win, please? Can we win? Please. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's go into some media therapy. It's just I I like last night when reading through the the updates and seeing the Mitch McConnell said that like I, all the things I knew was going to happen anyway, and seeing some of the response and what some people were saying and hearing some of these like thoughts, I was like I was just like at this point of like raging, and it, it's just one of these things that you feel things are so far out of your control and nothing makes sense calculating all these things all the numbers the fact that like the 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 fucking four people that live in in idaho are gonna have are are the are the reason why like (laughs) like all the entire country is gonna have to deal with these the outcome of these uh of some of these decisions is unbelievable like what what in the hell (laughs) It's nuts, man. It's nuts. Yes, America, I'm assuming that the population of Idaho is four. It might as and well they be. have two <laughs> senators that represent them. So that's it's insane. It's insane. The system is broken. It's yes, broken. It's and very, if you very broken. and the, and honestly, if you like the system the way it is, cool. Don't call it a democracy. It's not a Stop. democracy. And look, and, and don't call Democrat, it a democracy. Not a democracy. And don't say, either. and don't say the people said because the people didn't say this shit. The, the people didn't want any of this stuff. No. Your people wanted this stuff, so just call it as it is. Start by saying Trump's an asshole. Our people want this. We're doing this. Cool. Now we're being honest. Why do people hate politicians? This is why. Yeah, because again, right now Trump, he's a liar, but he hasn't lied to those people yet about about the stuff he was going to get get out there and say. Right, Trump's been advocating for those people that he does not like or live with, but Trump told him that's what he was going to do, and that's what Trump's been doing. He's been lying to the rest of us. He's but hemorrhaging people, money because of the farming bailouts that he's had to do because of his stupid ass war with China. It's like it's nonsense, right? But like those people it's just unreal. look at it. And go, hey, because of him, I can still I still got my gun, right? Still got my truck. Things are still great for me. Still not killing babies, right? Yep. I mean, they they are, but. They, they technically, by your definition, I guess, Planned Parenthood thing, not in your state. Like, what happened to states' rights? <sighs> People outside of Mitch McConnell's home, and I just see the same liberal, just <sighs> milk toast, just, because you're not doing it. You're not enough with your, with your glasses and your little signs and your little, it's just not fair. Like, no one cares about fair. Fight. <laughs> Let's actually fix this. And I'm just so upset with these people. You just have to see if like, you know, it's just, you know, we, we got to do things the right way because our democracy and it's just, it's the same, these, these hipsters, these liberal clowns that I just really don't like because they're not willing to fight for this stuff. They're willing to get on the internet and tweet about it and post about it, but they're not actually really willing to up in this thing. Um, they're just kind of shrugging and they're going, well, it's not fair. The other side, they're just a bunch of idiots. I don't understand why my dad's an idiot. And it's like, your dad seems to be very happy right now because <laughs> Trump's telling him the crap he wants to hear. So, yeah. all right, let's stop talking about this. <laughs> Again, it makes me super upset and it makes me more upset for the fact that the Democrats are just, they're going to put us in the same exact position again where they're like, well, this is on you. And it's like, no, it's not. It's on you guys to fix this. It's on the establishment to fix this. You guys aren't willing to go far enough to really make this stuff stick. 
That's why you got to respect AOC and Bernie because they are willing to go that far. And you see what happens, right? The establishment pretty much tells them, like, shh, 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 shh. we gave you your spot. Just shut up. Just shut up and go over there. Joe Biden's going to take us but home. But it's, it's in a matter of time. I mean, assuming they don't completely break the system, be like, yep, King Trump, which I know I've said as a possibility before, then. Possibility now. It, I don't that's think it is, the, I think people need to realize that what's at stake here. Like He straight even, up said, he straight up said, in four years, maybe he's like, maybe we'll need another four years. Like that, he said something like that. He's like, "Yeah, he's like, maybe we." He's like, "We should because they were so unfair to us that it would only be right if they let us have a, a chance at another four years." It's like, "Oh, you dick!" I, anyway. I really, I really hope the Democrats put their money with him. I really do. I you gotta, you gotta, you gotta win an overwhelming. Michael Bloomberg person. is spending a hundred million dollars in Florida. A hundred people try it. They're trying. Dollars. I just don't. I just don't believe that the liberals have. They what just it don't takes care. Everybody's made up their minds. Again, I go back to the thing I said before. If it, it's just a matter of showing up. If everybody showed up to vote, the Republicans would lose every election. <laughs> and it's just a matter of showing up because nobody's undecided. Nobody's undecided. Yeah, <laughs> you know who you're voting for. Trump's not going to say anything. You're like, oh, you know what? I like that guy now. Or and. It's it's so fuck it. Let's stop talking about this. Media therapy. Let's go. <laughs> Who's older? <laughs> oh God! You're watching the boys. Who's older? New Zealand's your your New Zealand's own Carl Urban or Paul Giamatti? Uh, Carl Ur- Urban has to be like deceptively older, right? Like I'm gonna say he's older, but not by much. I'm gonna say he's older by like a month. Like they're basically the same age. Carl Urban is, he looks younger. He is younger. He's five years younger. Oh, but wow. Still, but still, Carl Urban's going to look the same in five years. <laughs> Let's be real here. <laughs> I think it's the facial hair. The facial hair makes him look a little bit older. When he doesn't have facial hair. He still looks fairly young. I guess. And he's got that kind of smushed face thing going on. So it always looks like he's confused and staring at the sun. But yeah. uh, I like Carl Urban. He's a good actor. He's a fun guy. Yeah, he was born in Wellington. Yeah, he was great. Uh, he's good. He's good uh, bones in Star Trek too. I liked him in those movies. Yeah. Under underrated Carl Urban. I know everybody loved Dread. Never saw it, but I heard it was great. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. All right. Speaking of things you like, let's talk about Hades. Everybody, we're going to talk about Hades, and then we're going to end this podcast. All so right? We're talking about a video Hades, game. So if you don't Hades care about a video, video games. games, so if you don't care, go go like, subscribe, review us. John, how much money do you owe people today? Let's take a look. Let's go I'm to the old iTunes. Money out. But remember, if you've it, been listening, right? if uh, if you review the podcast five star, it, it doesn't have to be five stars. Just review the podcast. Just Do, wait, it. does it have to be? Does it have to be five stars? No, just review it. Review it and write something. That's it. And then John will give you a dollar in some spendable currency that we have not identified. But it will be it will be a dollar you can spend. You'll get a dollar. Yeah, that you can spend exactly. It's wonderful. Might Let's see Bitcoin. here. Uh, nope, no reviews. Maybe. Whoa. All right. That's cool. What? A, but a Bitcoin. Yeah. All right. Cool. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. It's one dollar today. It's a thousand dollars tomorrow. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Get that. Get that. A uh, fraction of a of a chip of a, a fraction of a of a bite. A bit of a bite of a bit of a bite. I don't know if that makes any sense. All right. Hades. You love it. Why do you love it? I do. <laughs> I do. So for those who don't know, we've talked about the the creators of this specific game multiple times. This game company. It's the only game company that I really know by like name. And there's only like six. There's only like seven of them. (laughs) There's not many of them. It's like the definition of of a successful indie game company to me. Oh, Supergiant is yeah, they are 
titans in the indie space because they are very much independent, self-published, um, four for four games, and they really take their time. They have a very unique, striking art style across all their games. Yep, You can look at each one of these games and say, that's a super giant game, but they all look unique in their own way yep. uh, based on the style or the themes or whatever it is that's in the game. And every game they put out so far has been outstanding. And this all been good is no exception. So oh, I'm yeah. gonna make I'm gonna make a bold statement. Okay. For a long time, Transistor was one of my favorite games, right? Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed Transistor. I bought it on Switch. I played it on Switch again. You, and you know me. It? I don't really. Yeah, I don't play games again. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty. I play something and I'm done with it. Like I like Ghost of Tsushima. It was great. I probably won't play it again unless they come out with something Maybe really. We're do, we're do co-op. Aren't we gonna do that co-op mode? Yeah. So we'll play the co-op. There? Fine. Yeah, we'll play the co-op. Slay some demons. This game is the best game they've ever made. And yesterday I was real hesitant to say that because I really like Transistor. This game is great. This game is great on so many different levels of making a great game. Because Transistor's different, right? Like it's a it's a Transistor was a was a was a risk, right? To me, at least, because the battle style of it was a bit of a it was a bit of like XCOM where you kind of chain stuff together um it was a bit of sort of action in it like it was just very interesting and the story was a little different in this story right this story is it's the story of 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 greek mythology yeah i don't i don't know enough about greek mythology but it is about it's a story of greek mythology like i don't like how accurate it is but it's got it's again and that's why when i I remember when they first talked about this game i was kind of like oh okay well this is gonna be interesting because how many games i mean god of war right like you could argue that this game is a very stylized god of war yeah, you could, I you could make that argument of like, hey, yeah, it's yeah, the hack and slash roguelike. It's a hack and slash. It's you know a couple different weapons. You're coming in contact with Zeus and Hades and all these other different characters. So basically, yeah, the plot of the game is you're the you're the, you're the son of Hades and you're trying to escape hell. Yep, that's the game. Like, and if, like again, and it's like as far as a, like an elevator pitch, these guys nail elevator pitches. Like again, if there's only like there's a handful of them, but like the fact that they can nail an elevator pitch, like I this, don't know, man. How do you how do you explain Pyre? Yeah, that's a little harder. But in, like, in general, you're, right? You're, like, you're in this weird purgatory land, and you play basketball yeah. to get out of it. It's like yeah. wait, what? So, like it's. I mean, but still, you could say that. And be like, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I get it. But what? this game, it's 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 so well done. That the fact that, like, again, it's a for those who don't know, it's a roguelike game, which I guess is supposed to be like you try to make a single run through the game, so to speak, and you die and you kind of go back. Like the game, the last roguelike I played was that side scroller game where you have the sword and you rogue, get respawned. It's different. Yeah, Rogue Legacy was yeah. the last so roguelike me, game I played. I'm going to yeah, stop go, you, you can, yeah, just go ahead, explain go a little bit. So this is roguelike as a as a genre is one that's become popular and it it's honestly become tried and there's way too many of these fucking things like when i read about something it's like it's oh it's roguelike it's usually to me means okay we don't have level design and we're just going to do this thing because it's the way we can get the most content out of something <laughs> it's the way we could get the most content out of something and auto generate things and make it seem like there's more content to something and punish the player but you're not really getting anywhere like the actual gameplay loop it only takes a few maybe an hour or two to get through everything, but it's so punishingly hard. They have to learn to get through it. Cause that's what rogue, rogue legacy like, was for me. I enjoyed no, it, that's, but that's I totally rogue. got so rogue. Like yeah. is where you would, it goes back to a game called rogue where things actually entirely reset. And it's all about learning rogue. Like is where it's that premise. 
And there might be things that unlock along the way, but there's no persistent upgrades for, for each run. Rogue Light would be something like this or Rogue Legacy, where you can apply persistent upgrades along the way. So effectively, each time you run through it, you you actually are advancing in your stats and things are becoming easier in a way which they are not in the previous two examples that I gave. So that's the difference. And that's why something like, so only a, I've never really had a rogue like really stick with me. Enter the Gungeon is somewhere in between those two. And I tried Spelunky, which Spelunky 2 just came out. That game is a phenomenon. So is Binding of Isaac. None of those really stuck with me the way they do with other people. Rogue Legacy and is very, is to me, like one of my favorite games. It's so good. And that's a rogue light in that you're constantly upgrading, constantly advancing, and you do feel like getting stronger. Immortal Redneck is basically that same thing in a first person shooter. This is the same thing in a hack and slash game. And it's. Question for yeah. Question for the, the, the Darks, the Demon Souls, Dark Souls. That's a, that's one of these games. And what category does no, that No, that's, that's it different. Is, right? you die that, and then you come back. And it's like you don't that really created know. that's created its own genre. Honestly, they call it a Soulsborne genre because that is punishingly difficult. But there are checkpoints. You're not you're not starting at the beginning of the game every time you play. You might start at the beginning of an hour long level, but you're not starting at the beginning of the game. You're still talking about these long adventures that could take like forty to sixty hours. But there are chunks of it along the way where you can progress, and then they'll just crush you with these ridiculous boss fights. So that's the difference. So look, and this is why a reason why I say this is their best game because, like you said, this is a genre that I'm not really interested in, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And I've now already put ten hours into this game, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe a little less. But like, I spent the last two days, at least a good part of my today and yesterday, playing this game. Um, because it's so well done. The story is well done. The interactions are well done. And to me, that's what they do really well now of like the voice acting and the music. And that guy is a monster. The production value of this from an indie studio. I don't know a studio who's independent doing better than this. I don't. Um, maybe again, maybe the cuphead guys, you can argue, but they've only made one game. Right. So it's like lucky guys. They just came out with Spelunky too. Those guys are doing really well. There, there's definitely if you're talking about financially and all these other things, these guys are they're doing well to keep going doing that thing. This might be their most successful game. Yeah, not even a financial thing to me. It's just like a quality in your craft thing. Oh sure, right? Which I just really appreciate. Yeah, quantity and quality. When you get four games and every one of them is basically a nine or ten, like all of them are great. Even when you have a out of the box idea like pirate still a great game still yeah, great and did you, did you finish Pyre? i didn't finish it just because it was playing and again the reason why this game is going to do so well is because it's on switch like let's be honest right like pc gaming is hard for a lot of people to really get into this game on switch alone is what i don't think i would have bought this if it was a pc game right away i would have eventually but especially now right you're working from home i'm staring at my computer all day I don't want to then kind of sit here and then play the game being able to play this on switch and play it handheld or dock it to my tv like that's why I've been able to put so many hours. Nintendo, Nintendo put it in there direct and did the available now thing, and they did it the day before, mercifully before the Super Mario 3D All Stars came out. I was ready. Like I, I actually played through. I finished Paradise Killer. I then played through this game Raji, which I wanted to talk about, but we'll we'll table that for another time. And 
we uh and i was like all right well now i don't really know what i was gonna do and i was kind of scrambling thinking about what to play next while i had like three days between raji and uh super mario 3d all-stars and then this thing dropped i'm like i'm not playing 3d mario all-stars i want to play this game more and people will download the game they'll play it being like i'll just play a few rounds no this is going to stick because the game is so good and i think it's going to have a and you're right the switch has that audience it basically is the indie machine it's the new vita where people actually own the thing as well that's the thing that vita didn't have right you get first party nintendo content you get zelda you get mario and then you get a bunch of indie games on top of that. Like it is like, it's like Nintendo. And again, I had to eat my words on the switch thing. Just again, just because like this thing turned out to be this monster that I was not expecting. Um, I was expecting just, you get a bunch of, right. Cause that's remember I was saying, you just get a bunch of Nintendo games, right? You get Donkey Kong, you get Mario, you get Zelda. What else do they have? And they very clearly have indie games is what they got. Now again, you argue that, that it's overly saturated and there's a lot of garbage out there, but oh, the cream, sure. This thing definitely rises to the top, and this is a perfect example of a game that is going to make a ton of money, and it's yeah. because these guys make really quality content. Like it's the, the game, one downloadable title right now on Switch. It, it's just America. quality. It's so well done. The story, the collectibles, the things that you get, the battling. Right, like I get tired of hitting buttons over and over again, but you learn new things as you come in contact with different gods as you're playing the game on each different run. It's like, hey, Zeus gives you a bunch of stuff. And, oh, it completely changed the way that I'm going to use this weapon. Like, no yeah. weapon is, like, there's what? There's a total of six weapons that you eventually get? I think it's six. Yeah. yeah, I got five. And it's like, each, each one of those can be probably two or three different weapons on its own, depending on what you pair with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, I mean, this is, I, I've, I've said this about Transistor. It's just, I, I really appreciate when, and again, I'm, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a gamer today. Like 15 years ago, sure, but I just don't have the time to really sink into the way games the way that you do. Mm-hmm. But, well, you also you also prefer to you'll watch TV and movies. I don't think I've I haven't really watched any TV or movies in this. I, I've watched some here and there, but I'll play a game before I do that. Yeah, Not but again, that. I just look at it because it's like there's such good. There's a lot of trash TV, but there's also a lot. Of really good tv there's a lot of good films there's a lot of good content oh yeah and game for me i i struggle with it because i don't find as much great content that i again when i really really like something i jump on it right like if there's a game that i like horizon zero dawn right i talked about that game for for a year and when i bought a ps4 it's the first thing i bought was that game right because you just see i mean i own i'm looking at now i own the art book for that game like really creative content i'm gravitated towards and these guys have not missed um and for again transistor this game has slowly eked past transistor just because of so far i was like man this game really doesn't have any faults this game is really good and that's hard to do like transistor's got some weird quirks that you learn to love as you play the game but this one is like i I think anyone's gonna love this game really i don't think you have to be you don't have to be if you have any gaming aptitude you'll like the game like at all (laughs) like the game itself is I'd say it's the best game that super giants put out as a game, as an experience. Um, like I, I could basically give my superlative awards to each of the games so far. I haven't finished this one yet. I don't know if you even can finish it. I guess you get out of hell and you can see some credits, but um, so far what I'm seeing is this is basically like a sequel to bastion. Yeah. Fair like when it comes when it comes to gameplay, this is because all those three games were super distinct in its way. Bastion was a beat 'em up hack and slash game. 
um, Transistor was more like an RPG and Pyre was like a visual novel slash um, sports game. Um, and then this goes back to the hack and slash, but presents it in a roguelike in a roguelite versus a kind of linear storyline progression. Um, I think the two kind of exist in parallel. Bastion was great as far because it gave us that first taste of what became this kind of signature hand drawn super um, great narrative devices that that super giant became to be known for. And like the Logan Cunningham um, voice talent that you get with the narrator and Bastion. And you get even a little bit of that here where the narrator becomes this character in itself. And he's like kind of this disembodied voice, but there's moments where he'll say something and the character and your character will respond to that. Like, did you get to that flat? I'm assuming you did the flashback scene sequence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then when you do that and he's like, Hey man, keep it down. <laughs> like, and then, and he's like, yeah, you've totally found that thing on his own without any sort of like, not, like, it's funny too. They have some pretty good humor in there, but there is, um, but, but there's a, uh, but there's that. And then, so Bastion is probably of all the games, probably the, again, they're all great. They're all nines and tens. Bastion is great. This supersedes it as far as that gameplay. The other kind of stand on its own. I think Pyre as an experience is probably my favorite from a from a narrative device standpoint, from an emotional experience, from the art, from the music. All those things were awesome. Like the the connection and the choices you have to the connections you make along the way and the choices you make um, that were kind of surprising. Like it, it's really really interesting and risk taking, and I can appreciate that. So as an experience, that's probably my favorite. Um, I love for me. Transistor story was really good. It was a real creative game. Like the landscape of it was creative. That game to me is still great. Like that's that's and again, there's not many ten out of ten games. That game is that game is really good. Yeah, but I think that's good and creative. Right. So from I guess when I say experience, be more of like a narrative storytelling perspective. That's where Pyre really takes the cake, and also the music. I think the music in Pyre is my favorite. Transistor, I think overall is is one of it's just an awesome package and it's also probably the most accessible of all the games and they do some really cool things with their narrative like the fact that you have to use upgrades to learn the story of these other people which wove narrative into the gameplay in a way that they also capitalize in this one as well because the cool one of the coolest things that this thing does is that when you die you advance the story and that's really interesting because again like eventually people are like oh, i keep having to do the same thing over and over again i've not been and again i'm a guy that gets bored of this type of stuff when you make me like but i'm really enjoying having to earn this because i find different things each time and so yeah like i've beaten the first boss now 10 times mm-hmm. but it doesn't get boring which is really hard to do it's really and- hard to do yeah, and and every time you come back, it's like, oh, good. I want to see what I want to see what Hades says. I want to hear what this character says. I was like, kind of, I made a joke to you about the the sexual tension between the first boss and your character. I'm like, I, I see it, I see it. Let's see if this happens. You know, just kind of as a joke. Uh, but the you're finding items in the in your runs that you keep with you along the way, so you never feel punished for your loss. It's like I kept all the things I got. I'm excited. I got this thing. So now I could give that thing to this character here. Now I'm excited to die. 
because then I could see what I unlock at the base level here, which is another level of a roguelike that I have not seen because usually it's just advance your character. But here it's like advancing the character, advancing the story, building out your little base uh, of operations there and seeing the interactions with the characters has been great because it really does feel like this evolution of everything that they've been doing prior. And it's just really, really well done. Nothing in this game feels out of place. Everything feels perfect and built together what's really interesting is the game was actually has been out for over a year and a half i want to say i want to say it was announced at gdc last year so yeah that'll be january of 2019 and it came out on epic game store in early access as an exclusive and they basically kept building on it so i would assume they built it out the like by the worlds so far i've got we've i think we both are on the third we can get to the third boss yeah pretty easily here yeah um and it's an interesting way to do it so because even early access people loved it and i never really had a pc that could run it so it's like whatever console it comes to i'll play it like even if it was ps4 or xbox one whatever it didn't matter but the fact that it came to switch i was so happy when they announced it and i and the the moment they announced it i bought it like this i was refreshing the store page immediately saw it came up purchased without hesitation was happy to see the 20 percent off easily worth the 25 dollars. the game is a master class in game design storytelling all this stuff logan cunningham again i've said the name already twice but i'll say it again hoping he'll maybe show up and i could ask him to be a guest on the podcast um but that's it just the guy voices like four people in the game he voices hades he voices the narrator voices like two other people in the game and it's just it's just awesome the music is a little subtle like there's there's some pretty the music that's there is great um, but it doesn't, it doesn't punch the way that, uh, Pyre did. And I guess that's the only thing that I'm a little bit slight, slightly down on, but everything fits. So I don't know if they could have even done that to a point where it makes sense. And, but, okay, I'm, I'm and it's good because then I could just listen to podcasts while playing the game. I'm just impressed that they took something as basic as the Greek mythology and made it interesting. <laughs> like you've got to give them credit for that because it's great. That's something that's been done a lot in media right like i mean like like the american gods that whole comic book is based off of like mythology like oh there's so many things that have sort of tropes to mythology and like oh well we're just gonna tie this stuff together because it's been written for thousands of years and they somehow still made this interesting i mean you got to get props for that because that's not easy that's not easy to find it's awesome the art the comes that it's all great the art of it is great the take on the characters is great it's modern it's again like yeah i can't as someone who you know who doesn't really think about working for game companies too often this is a company that i'd love to work for as someone who works in media for the last 20 years like working for these guys seems like it'd be a lot of fun <laughs> like it seems like it's creative it's a small team and it just shows that like they've they've got they've got creative talent in there able to just deliver and that's what a lot of people can't do, right? A lot of creative people out there who have great ideas. And there's a lot of game studios that have great ideas and they just don't really deliver. It's a lot of crap just kind of shoved into one thing and it doesn't really make sense. And there's different parts of stuff. And every single one of their games seems so polished and delivered when they when they give it to you. And I'm sure there's bugs and things that you'll find out, right? Like there's some frame rate issues and stuff that will slow down a bit when there's a bunch of characters. But still, like it's it's perfect. And but that's even then, hard. that's that's hardly noticeable. I mean, you you notice it if you care, but it's like you Again, it doesn't have, bother. You kind of <laughs> take that reprieve that. Oh, good, <laughs> things have finally slowed down while I'm being annihilated. Those 
freaking things with the lasers when you walk into that thing and it's like that guy that just spawns those skulls that beams lasers across that thing's an asshole yeah it's just it's just really cool and it's like if you're working in games this is the kind of crap you really want to make <laughs> or if you're working in any media like this is kind of what you want to you want to aspire to this level of polish and this level of sort of completion it's really hard to do as an artist to not keep tweaking with stuff because and again i just see that these people just they have they've got such good direction um that now between these four games each one of them sort of takes a theme and just nails it um and it's really impressive i'm super impressed with these guys every time we talk about one of their games i'm always impressed by it yeah yeah it's great um really looking forward to seeing what they do next and i like that four games in they have not made a sequel to anything like they just keep doing these these original things so there's 16 people it's a company of 16 people count looked at the website nuts and again i'm sure that they hire contractors to come in and help them do stuff but still like when your core team is 16 people that's and you make a game like this like jesus that's impressive it's cool yeah it's really great so if you're if you've made it this far and you have a switch and you want something to play or even if you have a decent pc check out uh check out um hades game is awesome yeah and, and we only touched a little bit on the art but the the art as always is really beautiful and the, and the character art is so cool that's great yeah so yeah that's uh that's it then look at that right at the two hour mark jesus I thought this was gonna be a quick one but i guess things get a little ranty but i'm glad we end on a positive note even if we're talking about a game that takes place in hell so Happy, happy uh, Rosh Hashanah. It's over by the time this comes out, but happy Rosh Hashanah. You know, prep, prep for Yom, prep for Yom Kippur. Um, when you, when you're fasting, no, that doesn't even make any sense. Whatever. Just text somebody. Tell them about He's Abroad. Tell them to like, subscribe, go to He's Abroad.com. Keep it simple. And then let them know if they listen and they review, give us an honest, give an honest opinion, write something, anything. You can even just write high five stars. John will give you a dollar currency TBD. Well, till next week, this podcast is over.